seemed to have hit the end. Welcome to Art Bell, Somewhere in Time. Tonight featuring Coast to Coast AM from October 5th, 1999. From the high desert and the great American Southwest, I bid you all good evening and or good morning, as the case may be across this great land of ours. Great it is indeed. No, that is not a contradiction when I bitch and complain. Stretching from the Hawaiian and Tahitian Islands in the west, eastward to the Caribbean and the U.S. Virgin Islands, south all the way into South America, north eye on to the North Pole and worldwide on the internet. Thanks to Broadcast.com for the distribution and of course the Intel Corporation for all these strange mathematics that makes possible this wondrous thing called the G2 program. Which means you can go up to my website. On the left hand side there you'll see it. And you can download for free free is such a good word, isn't it? The G2 program and Put it into your computer and then go back to my website and click on streaming video and you will see the show in progress as well as hear it as it progresses toward whatever weird destination uh, it's going to progress to uh, on any given night, this one included. We're going to be talking next hour about dreams. I have been having an unrelenting, completely unrelenting spate of dreams. Now, I don't, I don't like dreams that much, to be honest with you. Uh, they're, they're work. In other words, when you wake up, uh, if you have a, a great remembrance of a dream, a lot of times it's, it's, not, it's not like you were asleep. It's like you were working when you were asleep. And it's been a while since I've had a dream interpreter on, so we're, we're going to have actually a pair of them on. A Dr. Uh, Katya. Sounds uh, Russian, huh? Katya, we'll find out. And uh, her associate, uh, uh, whose name is Lori, I think. Is Lori right? Let me see. Yeah, Lori. So, uh, Dr. Katya and Lori will be here interpreting some dreams for us, talking a little bit about dreams in the first place. They really are weird. Uh, but that's why I guess we need interpreters for them, huh? Now, the Japanese company has promised to pay damages for the victims of the country's worst nuclear accident, which exposed dozens of people to radiation and forced hundreds of thousands of others to stay inside. Well, that's going to be quite a bit of damage, isn't it? The House narrowly passed a $12.6 billion fiscal year 2004 and aid bill today, but the White House is threatening to veto it because we're not giving enough away. The measure was approved 214 to 211, all but ensuring that a veto would indeed be sustained. So I guess we're not giving enough away is the bottom line. I'm sure you've heard about the London commuter trains that collided Tuesday during rush hour. 26 dead thus far we know of, injuring 160. It was Britain's worst train accident 
in more than a decade now. I'm hearing from a whole variety of people that the new ZZ Top album or CD is out, and that on it is the voice of my announcer giving the east and west of the Rockies lines out in the middle of a brand new ZZ Top song. Now, a lot of you have an advantage on me yet because I don't have it yet. I would like to have it, but I don't have it yet. I haven't even heard it yet, but I'm getting a lot of email from people who tell me that it is out. So, it should be cool to have a copy of that, wouldn't it? I think the album is named XXX or something like that. And I'm not sure of the uh, the tune that uh, has the voice of Ross Mitchell in it. So, in a way, the program and uh, Ross Mitchell are both immortalized by one of America's greatest rock groups. Pretty cool, huh? I thought so. Uh, let's see. We've got, I've just got a whole bunch of things I want to cover. We're going to be in open lines uh, during this half hour. By the way, the man who predicted this last big earthquake, the Mexican earthquake, uh, John Nordberg, is now predicting another earthquake, the next dangerous period, he says. Always listen to people when they have hits. Uh, will be between 10.6 and 10.12. The Earth's acceleration will change dramatically, he says. And this jerk has a very high possibility of setting off major earthquakes. So all people in all earthquake-prone areas, says John, should be aware of this. Well, that's right, John. Uh, I know you have not uh, yet have begun to receive other indications of your success in the press, but I'll make note of it, and if you hit this one, then I think others will begin. You know, I'm sure most of the media in the country says to themselves, one, yeah, we'll give them one, by chance. Now, if you hit two, I would say uh, more and more of the press would begin to pay attention. If you hit three... Then, <laughs> well, then you'll probably be getting bugged by the press. And if you hit four, um, people are going to begin to think that you have a real gift. So we'll see, John Nordberg. But anyway, between 10.6 and 10.12, there should be another major opportunity for an earthquake. We will see what happens. I've got some information, as you can see and hear. By listening to the press, the Y2K thing is going berserk once again. And there's getting to be a lot of press. CNN is covering it. Oh, speaking of CNN, uh, <laughs> I've got to tell you about something in a moment. Streamlink. The audio subscription service of Coast to Coast AM has a new name, Coast Insider. You'll still get all the same great features for the same low price, just 15 cents a day when you sign up for one year. The package includes podcasting, which offers the convenience of having shows downloaded automatically to your computer or MP3 player, and the iPhone app with live and on-demand programs. 
You'll also get our amazing download library of three full years of shows. Just think, as a new subscriber, over 1,000 shows will be available for you to collect, enjoy, and listen to at your leisure. Plus, you'll get streamed and on-demand broadcasts of Art Bell's Somewhere in Time shows and two weekly classics. And as a member, you'll have access to our monthly live chat sessions with George Norrie and special guests. If you're a fan of Coast, you won't want to be without Coast Insider. Visit coasttocoastam.com to sign up today. Stories on the radio must be Coast to Coast AM with George Norrie. You know, when I started doing this radio program, Jesse, half of the subjects I was really into, the paranormal, the unusual, ghosts and things like that, yeah. the conspiracy stories, you know, I was a little weary about these, other than the Kennedy assassination. And all of a sudden, I woke up. I simply woke up. Is that what happened with you too? Yeah, that's when I really started to say, what is going on here? And I started to truly then investigate 9-11. And today, I don't believe the government story of 9-11. Here's the three options. Either we knew about it and allowed it to happen, or we knew about it and participated in it, or these were the dumbest buffoons that could have ever been in charge of our country who could have all this pre information and I started to think they knew it was going to happen they either are part of it or they allowed it to there's no well, doubt in my mind now we take you back to the night of October 5th 1999 on Art Bell somewhere in time well listen to this Y2K this is NBC News, October 5. The U.S. will be watching from afar as New Year's Eve revelers party in Australia, New Zealand, and Guam. U.S. officials are going to have their eyes on two Pacific nations in the U.S. territory December 31st for an early read on Y2K problems that may play out at home. So we're going to be watching down under. Uh, Australia and New Zealand, and Guam as all of this races toward us. It reads, senior U.S. officials tell NBC News that Washington has made arrangements with the government of Australia and New Zealand and has wired U.S. military facilities on Guam to have them provide early reads of how Y2K is going. Because of time differences, obviously they will experience all of this first and we have people in place ready to decide what kind of thing we're facing, how serious uh, it might be. Hmm. I, you know, I have not made up my mind about how serious it's going to be. But I'll tell you what I have done. Uh, I have ensured that I will be here. Uh, CNN uh, called earlier today, and... Uh, very nice people at CNN, and they offered to uh, come out on the 31st and uh, uh, broadcast the show uh, or film the broadcasting of the show and, and so forth, and it would be on CNN and CNN headline and all the rest of it, and I said no. I'm turning down all media, all media, newspapers, television, all of them. I am not doing interviews and will not do interviews anymore. I have done enough 
interviews. <laughs> so, I'll be here. What I am going to do is I'm going to be here two hours early on New Year's Eve, which I will spend here on the air. We'll come on at 8 o'clock Pacific time. That means that insurers were on in just about every time zone we cover at the magical hour. And by then, of course, we'll have quite a few reports from around the world, New Zealand, Australia, Guam, and so forth. And we'll have some idea of what's going to occur. I know that a lot of you think that I think something really serious is going to happen. But it might surprise you to know, or maybe it shouldn't if you've been listening, that I'm absolutely unsure of what's going to happen. I have listened with care to Gary North and many others. And by the way, we'll try and get another pro or two on the air between now and the event. The event. But I still have not made up my mind. Have you? Have you made up your mind yet whether you think Y2K is going to be, uh, you know, a big happening or a big yawn? Not so many people apparently are going to be in Times Square as originally they thought. Uh, the Gulf Stream Ocean Current, according to Reuters, Dateline Copenhagen, the Gulf Stream Ocean Current has changed course in the North Atlantic. Now, that sentence alone uh, puts a big chill down my spine, and I know that of Whitley Strieber. I, I haven't talked to Whitley about this, but we wrote a book called The Coming Superstorm, as you probably know. It's not out yet. You can't get it. Don't try. It'll be out, I think. Maybe in December, something like that. I'll have to find out for you, you know, a couple of months from now at least, or better. But reading that line is enough to send a chill right down your spine. The Gulf Stream ocean current has changed course in the North Atlantic. But this shift, says Reuters, did not necessarily herald a new ice age. Stronger westerly winds over the North Atlantic in recent years uh, provided the main factor in an eastward shift in the flow of that current. The change in the course of the current, which now runs closer to Norway, had not altered the volume of warm water carried into the North Atlantic by the Gulf Stream. No signs yet that the climate in northern Europe was becoming colder because of a weaker Gulf Stream. <laughs> You have to laugh at these things because to not do so uh, would, if you took them totally seriously, all I can say is when you read our book, reflecting on what I just told you, you are going to definitely freak out. Again, from Reuters, a rich source of goodies tonight. The legendary lost continent of Atlantis, which was thought to be buried in a torrent of water, may sit actually at 12,000 feet above sea level in Bolivia. This is all according to a British explorer. A quote, it's time to officially declare Bolivia and the world that Bolivia is, where the legendary city most uh, probably existed, out of any other p 
possible site in the world, according to Jim Allen, again a British explorer. Allen, the former Royal Air Force photographic interpreter and author of Atlantis, the Andes Solution, has devoted the last 20 years of his life to proving that theory. He believes the town of Quilacus, about a thousand people, 187 miles south of the capital of La Paz, was the actual center of the continent. The town is in a volcanic area, and its buildings are constructed with red and black rock in line with the description of Atlantis penned by the Greek philosopher Plato in the 4th century B.C., so wouldn't that be something? If Atlantis didn't seek, uh, sink, but uh, rose. Either way, when you think about it, it would be just as elusive, wouldn't it? People have tried to locate it beneath the ocean, but what if this explorer is correct, and it's, you know, 14,000 feet up in the Andes? <laughs> I got this uh, uh, faxed to me uh, by a man who obviously saw something kind of like I saw, Randy. Randy says, uh, Mr. Bell, I saw a black delta-type object around 8 p.m. October 4th flying southwest over the Denver metro area. The ob object made no sound. Uh, no sound at all. That sounds very much uh, like what I saw. It was as black as the sky and was flying at what appeared to be a slow rate of speed. The determination would be altitude dependent as well. In a heavy air traffic area, since we're about 30 minutes from DIA, all planes flying within this area have their approach lights on. Might be a military aircraft. A very, very, very quiet one. Uh, it would have been impossible for me to find this in the sky without it happening by chance. You see, I was trying to show my two-year-old the stars, and we were listening to the crickets lying on our backs in the grass, and this thing flew right over us. So you see, in the night sky, folks, as... Randy found out, and as I found out, if something black, dark black, uh, flies over you, short of a well-moonlit night, a short of your intensely concentrating on the star field so that you can see the outline of something that actually blanks out the star field, you really would have no way of knowing, would you? that something was flying over you. You wouldn't hear it. You certainly wouldn't see it unless you actually were paying strict attention. And so in most ways we can imagine, without sound, this really would be a stealth aircraft. Perhaps stealth to radar as well. Now, are we developing something like this? I bet we are. Wouldn't you? I mean, if pressed, wouldn't you bet that we are developing something that virtually cannot be seen. It makes sense to me. The next generation from the so-called stealth aircraft we have now would be what? They'd be invisible. Really stealth aircraft. 
are we working on it? Well, if we aren't, we should be. So I would imagine there is a at least 50% probability, maybe better, that the, these aircraft that we're all seeing are in fact real as a heart attack, and they are our own government's product. The only question is what it is they're doing. I've really grown to like this song. Here comes bumper music, and I, I don't know why, but I really, really like this. Our love is alive. So it begins. Must have been gone when this was out. We'll be right back. You're listening to Art Bell somewhere in time on Premier Radio Networks. Tonight, an encore presentation of Coast to Coast AM from October 5th, 1999. You know, I thought it would be interesting, moving toward the end of this thousand years, to play some music that would call up some memories for you, and that's what we're doing. Actually, I'm doing it because I'm having fun doing it, too. <laughs> I have literally now have a stash of hundreds of memory makers, and we're going to kind of roll through those between now and the beginning of the next thousand years. What do you think music will be like in a thousand years? 
<laughs> we can't even imagine the next generation, much less the next thousand years. A lot is going to happen, uh, indeed, between now and the turn of the century. More in a moment. Stories on the radio must be Coast to Coast AM with George Norrie. You know, when I started doing this radio program, Jesse, half of the subjects I was really into, the paranormal, the unusual, ghosts and things like that, yep. the conspiracy stories, you know, I was a little weary about these, other than the Kennedy assassination. And all of a sudden, I woke up. I simply woke up. Is that what happened with you two? Yeah. That's when I really started to say, what is going on here? And I started to truly then investigate 9-11. And today, I don't believe the government story of 9-11. Here's the three options. Either we knew about it and allowed it to happen, or we knew about it and participated in it, or these were the dumbest buffoons that could have ever been in charge of our country who could have all this pre-information. And I started to think they knew it was going to happen. Happened. They either are part of it or they allowed it to. There's no well, doubt in my mind. Streamlink, the audio subscription service of Coast to Coast AM, has a new name, Coast Insider. You'll still get all the same great features for the same low price, just 15 cents a day when you sign up for one year. The package includes podcasting, which offers the convenience of having shows downloaded automatically to your computer or MP3 player, and the iPhone app with live and on-demand programs. You'll also get our amazing download library of three full years of shows. Just think, as a new subscriber, over 1,000 shows will be available for you to collect, enjoy, and listen to at your leisure. Plus, you'll get streamed and on-demand broadcasts of Art Bell's Somewhere in Time shows and two weekly classics. And as a member, you'll have access to our monthly live chat sessions with George Norrie and special guests. If you're a fan of Coast... You won't want to be without Coast Insider. Visit coasttocoastam.com to sign up today. Looking for the truth? You'll find it on Coast to Coast AM with George Norrie. When you look at what's going on around this planet, it's almost as if someone has got a playbook to try to control all these countries all of a sudden. I've always said that not everything is a conspiracy, but a lot of it is. You know, when you start looking into things, there's only a certain set of conclusions you can reach, and unfortunately, this is one of them. You know, it's very, very hard not to see things like that when you start looking at things in a larger picture. Now we take you back to the night of October 5th, 1999, on Art Bell, Somewhere in Time. Am I happy, somebody asks, with the NFL's instant replay? Answer, yes. Absolutely, yes. Thank God they did as I hoped they would and brought back instant replay. I think it has been fair. With very little, relatively, very little trouble. And it has corrected some otherwise game-altering bad decisions of what otherwise are very good uh, umpires. They're good umps, but, you know... They can't, it's hard to beat the camera. It's really hard to beat the camera. And so I think the answer for me would be uh, that instant replay absolutely is working. If you're a football fan, you might want to offer up your opinion, but I'd say it's working. 
All right, to the lines, open lines, west of the Rockies, you're on the air, tally-ho. <laughs> hey, tally-ho. Yep. All right, I have an idea I'd like to run by you. All right. I know that you are a great defender of the Second Amendment. Uh, yes, I am. You understand why the founders put it in there. Yes, I do. And I get upset that the media only highlight the illegal use of where bad things happen to good people. And I know that every day in the United States there's thousands of instances where guns are used to protect innocent lives. Not even essential, not even having been fired, just, you know, a lot of times the, a gun owner will show a gun and that's the problem. But right. do, you, do you have Paul waiting or something, sir? I'm hearing a blip on your end. Blip? No, I sure don't. Um, what kind of phone are you using? <laughs> the kind that you hate. <laughs> it's a cellular phone. A digital. A digital cellular phone. Okay, well, that answers all that. Well, let me finish this word real quick yeah, so it won't annoy you. You know, when I belonged to the NRA, they, in their magazines, would have instances, newspaper reports that you know, showed a homeowner did this or a woman defended herself, or et cetera. And I thought maybe if you got one of those instances and just read it or reported it, you know, after it was confirmed in the newspapers or somewhere from your listeners, that would help even out, you know, the lopsided liberal media always pointing out the bad uses of it, but never the good uses of it. All right. Well, I, you know, clearly, I'd be happy to do that. I'd be more than happy to do that. And uh, whenever I get stories of anybody who has successfully... And there are many, 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 many. <laughs> it's just that the tragedies, you know, the kids who kill other kids, people going to schools with uh, guns and beginning to wildly shoot in offices and day trading and all that crap... All of that is what garners the headlines to be immediately followed by the latest anti-gun effort. I don't know. If I had to make a call, I am afraid I would say that I think that the days of gun ownership in America are numbered. Now, everybody's going to fight as hard as they can. But I think the days are numbered. They're, they're going to manage to get so many restrictions of the Second Amendment. I don't think they can get rid of it entirely. That would be a political impossibility. The American people would not go for that. But they can tie it up so far that gun ownership damn near becomes impossible. And I think that's what their goal is. Uh, they are pursuing gun manufacturers with regard to liability when somebody is shot. That ought to do it. That's going to put a lot of them out of business. But guns are always going to be available if they are essentially legal. They're just going to make it tighter and harder and harder and harder for a legitimate citizen to own a gun. It's crazy. By the way, the phone system here, we are experiencing, you may hear it on our lines, I've been raising hell with my phone company locally. It's kind of a little crackly sound that goes on with somebody's voice. And, of course, the uh, Nevada Bell sent somebody out here, and he said, Sounds good to me. <laughs> you know how it is. And left. It's a pretty subtle problem that they're going to have to pay attention to. So, Nevada Bell, I hope you're listening, because we really do have a problem. Kind of a crackly sound on many of our lines. Not all, just some. First time caller line, you're on the air. Hello. Hey, Art, how you doing? Uh, all right. First time caller. Uh, I listen to your show all the time. Uh, I'm a truck driver. Yes, sir. 
Uh, got a couple questions for you I heard in the news today. Uh, have you heard about the uh, government trying to get rid of, or wanting to get rid of the uh, IRS? Uh, was that IRS? Yes. The, no, I've not heard of the federal government wanting to get rid of the IRS. Okay, I heard about that today. Uh, the uh, the IRS sir, is the funding arm that allows our federal government to continue to grow. Yes, I understand that. Uh, well, what they were trying, what they what I heard was they were wanting to do a uh, a, uh, a set tax, state tax that the state would collect instead of uh, tax returns. Well, I'm not exactly following you. Um, you mean the state would collect it instead of the federal government? Uh, yeah, exactly. Well, is it your imp impression they would take less? Uh, well, they were decided on 15 to 20 percent in that area. Mm -hmm. All right, well, thank you. Yes, I've heard of many schemes, of course, to have a flat tax. Uh, there are many candidates running on that platform have a flat tax. But uh, I don't think it's politically viable. Why not? Well, answer, because it would remove the power of the people who we elect. That's where their power lies, in the tax code. In other words, the power of the federal government is how they apply the tax code. Who gets the breaks? Who gets the encouragements? who that is their power, their main power, and, of course, main source of income. But I've not heard of the government itself considering abolishing the IRS in favor of some system that would be at the, at the state level. That's like shooting yourself in the foot. Wild card line, you're on the air. Hi. All right. Yes. Fantastic. Turn your radio off, please. It's off. There you are. <laughs> Y2K. Yes. Why can't they just, in a worst-case scenario, turn computers back one year? Well, they can with regard to personal computers. But how do you turn back an embedded chip? Mm. Okay. Black triangles. <laughs> Black triangles, yes. <laughs> Did you see any detail under the craft or on the craft at all? Only, this is the only way that I could describe it to you. What I saw was close enough with uh, even backlighting of the moon that you could detect the solid black surface. In other words, you could see the substance of the surface itself. Do you follow me? Like a texture. In other words, it wasn't just a black thing blotting out stars. Right, right. There was a substance, a texture, if you want to call it that. There really was no texture in the sense that it was smooth. But I was aware that I was looking at a surface, not, right. ju not just seeing a black spot in the sky. You follow me? Well, no, no panel lines or no. anything that would... Uh... No. So would the movement of it is would be the main thing that suggested that it may be something alien or... About 30 miles an hour, uh, yeah. I would guess, um, completely silent. Moving like a blimp, except not like a blimp. Uh... Very, like, like it was on rails, moving slowly. I w I, you know, a blimp could move that way, I would presume, but a blimp has to be propelled, as you well know. Yeah, I saw something similar, but it wasn't at nighttime. 
it was at dusk, and this thing looked like it was, it had tiles on the bottom of it. No, and no it's not just, mine. I mean, it looked like some, it looked like a big electromagnet, but it had, it was not attached to anything. And it well, what do you mean? It looked like a big what, what, what? like a big piece of iron with the wrappings around it to be an electromagnet. No, 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 no. Just as if it was made of cast iron, or it had like boiler well, an electromagnet. Sir, is, is you take a as you well know, you take a rod or a uh, piece of steel and you wrap it and wrap it and wrap it with wire and pass current and voltage through that wire, and you then get an electromagnet. Well, an yeah, iron. but I mean, in the sense of like you see in a junkyard, a big iron thing hanging. Only this thing was not suspended from anything. In other words, if you a uh, boilerplate construction like the Titanic hull type, the only in other words, this thing would not seem to me to be extraterrestrial in any way, except for the fact that it was moving. Well, you say I, about thirty-five miles an hour. Yeah, that's what it was doing. No, absolutely nothing was sus- suspending it at, or, or anything. No, sir, there was not some great god in the sky with fingers dangling this thing down above me. No, uh, none of that. (laughs) It was either floating or it was defying gravity. And I would choose the latter despite some information the U.S. is working on uh, some sort of triangular blimp. There have been rumblings about that. But look, I, I, I tell, I'll tell you again right now, as far as I am concerned, uh, what I saw probably, or, or at least a good 50-50 chance, I can't say it's extraterrestrial, what I can say is that I think we are working on craft like this. And you should think that too. It's the most logical explanation uh, for the next advancement in stealth technology. You want to be stealth in every way you can, not just to radar but to the eye as well, and the ear. What does stealth mean? It means that none of your senses detect the object is above you. That's stealthy. West of the Rockies, you're on the air. Hi. No, you're not. Uh, International Line, you're on the air. Good morning. Uh, Good morning, Art. It's Sammy calling from Kansas Capital Auto. Yes, sir. Um... I agree with you about that bumper music for that Canadian commercial. Up here, it's used for a commercial for a Canadian wo- woman's health forum commercial. I hope. Oh, wait, wait a minute. A woman's what? Health forum commercial. It's used. Oh, for a health Canadian. forum. Okay. okay. So in other words, when I'm reading one thing, they're hearing about a woman's health, health forum. forum. Exactly. See, there you are. What I hope you will do at some point is maybe if you put something like Giorgio Marauder in it or something. If you, well, you know what I mean. Uh-huh. More nice. uh-huh. well, what I call for is two points on Y2K. Yes. Um, today, while you Americans at 2 o'clock in the afternoon were, were listening to what the Fed would do about the interest rate and when no. CNN was covering the governor from Minnesota's press conference, yep. we, we in Canada up here in, Ca- in our equivalents of MSNBC, CBC News World, got a press conference on the NAFTA Special Commission on Y2K. Oh, and what did they say? Two points of interest, as far as I'm concerned, and I think the second one's the most interesting. But first, the first one, both the United States delegate and the Canadian delegate emphasized the importance that all small businesses are a bit of what they called a problem, troublesome problem area, mm. which is somewhat in line with what a Canadian Y2K expert says. He 
about six months ago in this country, he said that if you're in a small business and if you're not looking for a job for the year 2000, because maybe your small enterprise that you, you work for, your employer might go out of business, you're not being Y2K prepared. That's point number one. Well, it, look, if it's that bad that uh, uh, people should be out looking for a job if they work for a small company, they and they really have no way of knowing if they're Y2K compliant or not. Exactly. Then if it's that bad, then it's going to be awful. Well, that's what, is too, that's what the American and Canadian delegates were saying. Yeah, you see, my, my country's economy and yours is largely made up of small companies, not big. Exactly. I agree. All right. Now, and, and the second point? The point number two, which I think is the most important, both the Canadian and the American, as well as the Mexican, well, the American said... The Mexican spokeswoman, she said that Y2K doesn't obey international boundaries, which, of course, we understand. Yes, but the right. Canadian-American documents or spokespeople both stated that we are going to be carefully watching on an international basis the euphemism they call hoarding. Now, given your just past commercial for your food preparation, I would suggest it's not the 11th hour, but it's 11.55, because it's not an issue yet. But when it gets to be about December, this so-called hoarding, the negative euphemism, is going to become a bigger and bigger issue. So you can bet that if the, that if the American government is going to change American laws... Yeah, and they're going to be, it, it, well, you're right, sir. You're right. Look, um, look, uh, preparation is the word we use now. Well, they use if the word the, if the, Yeah, if the emergency... Uh, is really awful, then they're going to translate that word immediately to hoarding. That's right. Uh, those who have prepared are going to be those who are now hoarding. There's no question about it. Sure. And what are they going to do about those who have hoarded or those who have prepared? Well, they're probably going to want to have a talk with those who have prepared. And ensure they share. Or else, right? This is always the bottom line question when we talk about Y2K. The real bottom line. In other words, are you prepared to give away the food you have or fight? That really is what it comes down to. All right, we're going to talk at the top of the hour a little bit about dreams with a couple of dream interpreters. And I've been having some wild ones lately. Really wild dreams. Very prolific dreams. Too damn many dreams. It's like I've been working or something. You're listening to Art Bell, Somewhere in Time. Tonight featuring a replay of Coast to Coast AM from October 5th, 
Presents Art Bell Somewhere in Time. Tonight's program originally aired October 5th, 1999. I think this is an appropriate startup punk of music. I'm playing a lot of oldies as we head toward the next thousand years. This was just part of what we had music wise for this thousand years. The better part, I would argue. Uh, I wonder what it's going to be like in the next thousand years. How will music morph? I've been considering that tonight. In other words, consider how it's morphed since the days of that music. You know, just to say in the 60s. To present. So if you add, well, I don't know, another 500 years, halfway through the next millennium, to the changes in music, we might not even recognize it. Well, in this this hour, we're going to begin talking about dreams. And so I have two dream interpreters, Dr. Katya Romanoff, a Ph.D., uh, and Laurie Quinn-Lowenberg. I hope that's right. It could be Lowenberg, Lowenberg. I'll say Lowenberg till I find out better. Who is a certified dream interpreter as well as a professional artist to be interested in how one becomes a certified dream interpreter. We'll ask. They have a website, the Dream Zone. And, of course, uh, you can get to that site. I think we've got a, a link up there right now. I hope we do. www.thedreamzone.com And we're going to talk some about dreams. Maybe interpret a few. And I suppose if we, if, if we get some that are somewhat generic, the kind of dream that uh, everybody has, then we can hit one that uh, you may have had that uh, would... I, I've just been dreaming a lot lately. I don't know if they had a chance to hear my first hour, but uh, I've been in a real dream fest lately. And when I say fest, I mean fest. It's been like more like an infestation, I would say. Not that they've been bad dreams. But I object, under most circumstances, to dreams. Not all, but most. Because it's kind of like somebody once said, uh, sleep is like a little slice of death. Well, I prefer it that way. In other words, I want to wake up rested. If I wake up having chased something or somebody or been chased around in a dream or something like that, unless it was a particularly pleasurable dream, and we'll talk about those. Then I feel like I've worked. I have worked. And I would prefer the little slice of death, personally, to that. Uh, That'll probably be an interesting question, and uh, one that I'll ask right away of our two interpreters, which will be up next.
Streamlink. The audio subscription service of Coast to Coast AM has a new name, Coast Insider. You'll still get all the same great features for the same low price, just 15 cents a day when you sign up for one year. The package includes podcasting, which offers the convenience of having shows downloaded automatically to your computer or MP3 player, and the iPhone app with live and on-demand programs. You'll also get our amazing download library of three full years of shows. Just think, as a new subscriber, over 1,000 shows will be available for you to collect, enjoy, and listen to at your leisure. Plus, you'll get streamed and on-demand broadcasts of Art Bell's Somewhere in Time shows and two weekly classics. And as a member, you'll have access to our monthly live chat sessions with George Norrie and special guests. If you're a fan of Coast, you won't want to be without Coast Insider. Visit coasttocoastam.com to sign up today. Looking for the truth? You'll find it on Coast to Coast AM with George Norrie. When you look at what's going on around this planet, it's almost as if someone has got a playbook to try to control all these countries all of a sudden. I've always said that not everything is a conspiracy, but a lot of it is. You know, when you start looking into things, there's only a certain set of conclusions you can reach, and unfortunately, this is one of them. You know, it's very, very hard not to see things like that when you start looking at things in a larger picture. Now we take you back to the night of October 5th, 1999, on Art Bell, Somewhere in Time. All right, here we go. Let's see if we can connect with our dream interpreters. First, uh, Dr. Katya Romanoff, uh, are you there? Yes, I am. Welcome to the program. Well, thank you. Uh, you have a doctorate in parapsychology? Yes. Metaphysics and world religion? Yes, religion, believe it or not, ties in with what we're dreaming because the symbols are universal. So. Okay, uh, world religion. What's that? There is no world religion. World religions. Oh, okay. Well, all yeah, the true. religions of the world and how they tie together... Um, you know, the different symbols that we believe in are the same things like the cross, the cosmic circle, the yin-yang symbol that you see on surfer shops. They all appear in our dreams one way or the other, and they also are the symbols of our world beliefs. Hmm. All right. We have with us uh, a Lori Quinn. Is it Lohenberg, Lori? Yes, it's Lohenberg, like the beer. Yes. With a Berg instead of Brow. Okay. Lohenberg, good. <laughs> and you are a certified dream interpreter, right? Yes, sir. And the two of you work together? We do. And we also write a column, a dream interpretation column. Oh, you do? Yes. It's sort of like a Dear Abby column. Folks write in, tell us their dream or their nightmare, and we tell them what it means. Every dream <laughs> has a message. And I illustrate the uh, most interesting dream in the column. Now, now wait a minute. Now, every dream has a message. <laughs> how, Believe how, it or not. How would you prove that? How would you prove that? Yeah, I'm going to ask a hard question. How would you prove that? You made a definitive blanket statement. You said every dream has a message. How do you how do you prove that's true? Well, there's an interface going on in the in the dreaming mind between the unconscious and the conscious mind. So the unconscious is sending the waking mind, in other words, your deep 
the dark part of you that can't be seen and can't be accessed when you're awake is communicating with the waking mind. So there's an interface going on there, so they are messages, so to speak. And many of them, many of these messages are easy to figure out. They're rather obvious. Um, but others, you, you need a little help interpreting what the heck that means, what it's trying to say to you. And after the interpretation is done, the dreamer will go, oh, of course, and that's kind of proof enough for us. <laughs> <laughs> really? Really? Um, I have um, my, my view, which you may have heard at the top of the hour and or before last hour if you were listening, is that dreams, more times than not, annoy me. In other words, when I go to sleep, I like the old little slice of death. You know, and then waking up refreshed, um, all set to go for the day. But uh, many times when I have a dream, I, I wake up, and it's been a wild dream, and I feel like I'm working. Therefore, I feel like I'm tired. I just went through something instead of getting a good night's rest because my dreams are very vivid, and I'm a, a part of them. And if I'm being chased by the mafia, a recent dream, oh. um, then... Then I'm being chased by the mafia. I mean, that's not it's not a good dream. It's not what anybody would choose in real life, and it sure as hell is not such a cool dream. So, you know, not all dreams are necessarily welcome, I guess is the right word. Exactly, and especially a disturbing dream like that is showing me that there's something in your life you're avoiding, some issue you don't want to face. So that it has to chase you in your sleeping time, in your dream time, it has to chase you to get your attention. It says, pay attention to me. There are forces out there that are causing you anxiety that you're avoiding looking at in your waking life. So it comes out when you're asleep. Anything we repress during the day is going to come out to get our attention. Well, that I, I, may be why you don't feel rested when you wake up, because you're grappling with certain issues or situations while you're sleeping. That you're avoiding while you're awake. Probably uh, uh -huh. probably sound sound advice. I've got a lot of that kind of stuff going on. And then, then there's something else you should know about me, as we discuss my dreams, and that is I have two sleep periods per day, not one. In other words, after the show at about 3 a.m. Pacific time, I get off the air, Adrenaline's, you know, pumping along for a while, and I don't manage to get to sleep generally until at least 5 a.m. And I sleep until about maybe 9, 9 o'clock in the morning. Then in the afternoon, I sleep at about 4 or 5 o'clock in the afternoon for another couple of hours. So I have two sleep patterns every single day because of the program I do all night here. That's yeah. very unique. That's like a soldier's sleep pattern. Um, and that is going to create variance in your REM sleep patterns because every night, every 24-hour period in your case, we spend about two hours dreaming. So even if you feel that dreaming is, is exhausting to you, that you, don't, you would like a night where you don't dream, yeah. tough, you're, you're going to dream every night, no matter whether you remember your dreams or not, you're spending two hours a night in the dream state, some well, people longer. Yeah, uh, frankly, a lot of them are just a pain in the butt. Right. <laughs> now, 
there's another category of dream that, that is not, of course, and, and they're quite all right, too. But uh, is there a way, I would ask either one of you, of... You, I realize it's going opposite of the reason that you're on the show tonight. But if a person didn't want to dream, is there a way to uh, put yourself in such a state that you're not likely to dream? And if so, what is it? Uh, that would probably, the only way to achieve that would be to wake yourself up before you reach the REM state. But that is extremely dangerous and unhealthy because that will cause you to hallucinate during the day, no. have horrible mood swings, and just be an all-around cranky, insane person. <laughs> so you're trying to avoid a certain kind of dream. Even during the dream state, you don't want to face something. It's going to come before you even more so. Don't, why put yourself through this unnecessary anguish and pain? You know, just turn and face your fear and it will go away. Yeah, that's the solution. Pay attention to these horrible dreams. Work it out, what, it, what, what it's pointing out to you, the problem in your life, and then you'll get good dreams. All right. Here's another one for you. And this is, I'll give you a specific dream. And I, I warn you, I have given this to other dream interpreters in the past. Oh. Because it was so dramatic. In my dream, I was having a hard time hearing. You know, I was, my, my hearing was suffering for some reason. And I had to go to the doctor. Or, in fact, actually, in, I recall in my dream, I wanted to go to the doctor. In other words, I knew I was having hearing problems. So, in my dream, I went to the doctor. The doctor had me lay my head on the table and took a pair of scissors and began screwing the scissors into one of my ears. And he would, I'm not kidding, he would twist the scissors a few twists and say, is that better? And I'd say, why, as a matter of fact, it is. You know, and it was. In other words, I was hearing better. To take a few more twists on the scissors into my ear. Is that better? Yes, it is. And that's how I remember getting my hearing repaired in my dream. Now, in real life, my hearing probably is impaired a little bit because I've had headphones on for all of my adult life. Uh, so, Wow. So uh, what, what do you guys do with that one? The old scissors in the ear dream. <laughs> well, the first thing when you get a, a dream like that is to look at it literally. Is it pointing to... <laughs> an actual hearing problem. And in your case, it, it very well may have been. Uh, it been you, you telling know. you to go to the doctor. Many, uh. many dream scholars do theorize that, and Carl Jung himself believed that the dreaming state was to point out areas in our physical health that need work. Um, cancer patients, uh. heart disease, many studies have been done showing that well, you'll dream that you're being shot in the legs repeatedly um, and then the person goes to the hospital or goes to the specialist and finds out they have cancer in the leg. So the first thing to do is to check the literal interpretation. But, of course, I'm seeing the symbolic interpretation here, which is what, who or what are you not listening to? There's something you're not hearing <laughs> in your life. <laughs> Probably the same stuff that had the mafia chasing me, right? Yeah. Yeah, of course. <laughs> and the scissors. Yes. It's an interesting tool, uh, which huh. is pointed out in your dream, which uh, are used to cut things. Uh -huh. So 
you may be the dream may be telling you you need to cut in, in my, no, in my, yeah, but in some my, in my dream, some bad attitude. Yeah, but in my dream, it was not a cut; it was a ream. Yes. In other yes. words, they, they were the doctor was reaming it out. Yeah. Using a cutting tool, the scissors. Uh, they're still symbolic, <laughs> archetypally, of things that need to be cut out of your life, yeah. but yet using it to bore a hole. But you see, you were not feeling. It wasn't unpleasant, right? You were like, "Yeah, this is helping." You weren't. In no, pain. no, you're you're correct. I mean, I was. I had the normal trepidation in my dream. I mean, when the doctor had me put my head down and said he was going to screw some scissors into my ear, I wasn't happy about that. But then, once he began, the results were promising, good. I was happy about it. Right. But 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 I was also terrified before he began. Oh, so that's telling you that you don't want it. You're not listening to something. And you really don't want the cure, even though you know you need it. <laughs> yeah, oh, really? It's like getting out of bed in the morning. You, you know that you have to. Yes. And once you do, it's not so bad. Oh, I've got to get up. i got to go to work. i got to get into my day. And once you do, it's fine. But it's just that getting motivated to do it. Wow. Uh, uh, something's got to go in your life. Uh, something's got to go, huh? <laughs> um, uh, yeah, so I, I, I really have um, wild dreams. Now, I also have... Good dreams, like everybody else uh, does. I have uh, flying dreams occasionally. Uh, those right. are actually my favorite. Uh, just zooming over the treetops and houses, and you know, flying as though I were a bird. And that's that's a very common dream, of course. A lot of people have that one. Yeah, that's considered number two. Number one is the falling dream. Even even newborn infants, they believe, have falling dreams. And then flying is number two. It's inspiration. It's it's good stuff. It means sort of transcending ordinary reality. Sometimes that flying dream may come to you when you need to escape from your earthly problems. Mm. Rise above the situation. But uh, flying dreams can also come as a pat on the back from your psyche when you've done a good job or you're feeling really good about yourself. You feel like soaring. Dreams are very punny. So try to find any kind of pun in your dream. It might pun point to the meaning. All right. Here's one for you. Um, I'm not going to ask the usual question, so, you know, you're going to be a little challenged by this. What kind of dreams do you think people who die in their sleep have? Die in their sleep. <laughs> That's right. Certainly. I mean, uh, I I, ask. A, lot of, a lot of people die in their sleep, right? Yes. Yeah, right. So what kind of dreams do you think they have? Well, I would bet they, they have dreams of of God and the people who they love who have died before them. Uh, you know, how people have had near-death experiences. Their loved ones a lot of times will come to them and beckon them forward into the light. Uh -huh. And uh, I would bet that uh, that's what their dream is. It's uh, very similar to a near-death experience. And then becomes one. <laughs> and then becomes one. Yeah. yeah. Now, there have been studies done about dreams that point to impending death. And there are cases, there's one case I remember. Um, oh, uh, dreams that Im uh, point to impending death. Yes. That's interesting. Yeah, what, a cancer patient, an older parent is in the hospital, and, and that morning he dreams um, of a house plant being transplanted, being dug up 
and placed in the earth at large. And then that afternoon he died. He tells his son of that dream really? in the morning, and then that afternoon he dies. Houseplants, clocks ticking, dreaming of a clock. Um, candles being blown out. Yes, candles being blown As out. As in snuffed out? Yeah, yes. it's very symbolic. Oh, that's really interesting. Yeah, so there are studies where people will report their dreams every day, and then, of course, they perish later in the day, so then they remember they remember those, they record the dreams that the person had. But as they are dying, I don't know what they might be dreaming because it depends on the physiological condition yeah, going course, on. And, of course, obviously, as you point out, we can't ask. All right, hold on, ladies. We'll be right back. I sleep twice every day, which makes me a day tripper. Sorry, I couldn't resist. You're listening to Art Bell, Somewhere in Time, on Premier Radio Networks. Tonight, an encore presentation of Coast to Coast AM from October 5th, 1999. This is my Monday, everybody. Good morning. But it's it's kind of not like a Monday, as in the song, because I love being here. To Coast AM is happy to announce that our website is now optimized for mobile device users, specifically for the iPhone and Android platforms. Now you'll be able to connect to most of the offerings of the Coast website on your phone in a quick and streamlined fashion. And if you're a Coast Insider, you'll have our great subscriber features right on your phone, including the ability to listen to live programs and stream previous shows. No special app is necessary to enjoy our new mobile site. Simply visit coasttocoastam.com on your iPhone or Android browser. Streamlink, the audio subscription service of Coast to Coast AM, has a new name, Coast Insider. You'll still get all the same great features for the same low price, just 15 cents a day when you sign up for one year. The package includes podcasting, 
which offers the convenience of having shows downloaded automatically to your computer or MP3 player and the iPhone app with live and on-demand programs. You'll also get our amazing download library of three full years of shows. Just think, as a new subscriber, over 1,000 shows will be available for you to collect, enjoy, and listen to at your leisure. Plus, you'll get streamed and on-demand broadcasts of Art Bell's Somewhere in Time shows and two weekly classics. And as a member, you'll have access to our monthly live chat sessions with George Norrie and special guests. If you're a fan of Coast, you won't want to be without Coast Insider. Visit coasttocoastam.com to sign up today. Looking for the truth? You'll find it on Coast to Coast AM with George Norrie. When you look at what's going on around this planet, it's almost as if someone has got a playbook to try to control all these countries all of a sudden. I've always said that not everything is a conspiracy, but a lot of it is. You know, when you start looking into things, there's only a certain set of conclusions you can reach, and unfortunately, this is one of them. You know, it's very, very hard not to see things like that when you start looking at things in a larger picture. You're listening to Art Bell, Somewhere in Time, on Premier Radio Networks. Tonight, an encore presentation of Coast to Coast AM, from October 5th, 1999. All right, we have with us Dr. Katya Romanoff and Lori Quinn Lowenberg, and uh, Dr. Romanoff has changed her phone to possibly a slightly better phone. Dr. Uh, is it Dr. Katya, or it, would it be technically, I guess, Dr. Romanoff, right? Well, I go by Dr. Katya because it makes me sound like I'm an old man when you call me Dr. Romanoff. Are you Russian? Yes, my people came over, like, in World War One, so I'm an American as the next guy. I see, all right. Um... And, uh, Lori, are you there? I am here. Good. All right. Now, we've covered um, some aspects of dreaming. Um, and we talked about uh, perhaps dreams people have when they die, which we'll never really know for sure. Uh, do people have precognitive dreams frequently? In other words, I will. it'll happen when we open the lines, uh, if I do. People call and say... I dream things that then always happen. I've had these people call me. What do you know about that? A lot. Um, there are certain criteria that a precognitive dream must meet in order to be considered a precognitive dream. All right. Um, the Psychical Society, the Society of Psychical Research, um, looks into paranormal dreams. There are telepathic dreams. And there are precognitive dreams. And one of the rules for precognition is that the person must have shared this precognitive dream with someone else before they knew what was going to come true. It must be very unlikely for the event to happen. Um, and then it, the event must happen um, within a certain amount of time, you know, it can't be years later this happened. Now, you're citing me uh, the proof that is required to have it declared a precognitive dream, right? right? That, that you have told somebody about it, that it occurs within a certain period of time, so forth and so on. Right. All right. And that it be unlikely that it would happen. Mm-hmm. And it must be literal. That's another one of the requirements. It can't be symbolic. Okay. How, how many... 
How many people, by percentage, have these kinds of dreams? It's very rare. Um, and many researchers suggest that when you're having a, a propensity for precognition, you're always dreaming of things that are going to come true, um, it's, it's not necessarily good. It's trying to point out to you that you are ignoring um, this side of life, the unseen side. Hmm. So you're being sent these dreams to show you that, yes, there are forces that we aren't aware of. There are paranormal ESP-type forces. So we're going to wake you up by showing you constantly in your dreams that there is an interface between you and the psychic realm. You know, we all have a psychic core mm -hmm. deep within us. You know, each of us is psychic because the word psyche means the soul. That's sort of our connection to humanity's collective pool of, you know, brain power and power and energy and all that good paranormal stuff, so... Well, I've had one precognitive experience, but it was while I was fully conscious. There was no question about it. It met all of the uh, uh, criteria that you just uh, talked oh, about with regard to a dream. But it didn't occur in a dream. It occurred wide awake. How about yeah, that? That's, that happens. Um, what, what probably occurred there, you know, when you meditate, when a person meditates or when a person's on LSD or other substances, hmm. the mind will reach the same brain waves, the same brain speed of dreaming. Oh, so really? you just told me you had a, a vision, a precognitive experience. Absolutely. But you were awake. What Absolutely. happened was your brain slowed down to this certain kind of wave pattern and um, information came in. Sort of, the mind is offline. When your ordinary, chattering, noisy mind is offline, that's when you can access these areas of higher knowledge. All right. Well, it's been a while since I've bored my audience with this, so let me go ahead and <laughs> tell it to you two, and you can tell me what you think since one of you has a degree in parapsychology. Um, I lived in Santa Barbara, California. It's a really pretty area. And I was working for a radio station there, KDB in Santa Barbara, and I would uh, I was doing um, a midday show, and I came home in the evening, early evening. I lived in a garden-style apartment, you know, the type where you have the large sliding glass doors that you can open to the outside to a, a little, you know, porch-like area, and you can look out on the street. It was was the case in my case, and so I came home. The curtains were drawn. I sat down to watch the evening news and began watching it, uh, a nightly duty for me in my business. Uh, you know, you have to watch the news. Right. Well, a few minutes into the news, this incredible wave came washing over me. I can only describe it as 30-foot ocean waves. Um, these waves were washing over me, telling me, hey, somebody is going to hit your car. Somebody's going to hit your car. Well, my car was parked outside because I had had something stolen from it previously, so I, I parked it right outside my window so I could look at it if I wanted to. And that had occurred months earlier. Well, I didn't make it a regular practice to look out there, but I had it parked right outside my window uh, with a little walkway down to the road, and it was right there parked on the street, which was allowed. Now, I thought, God, this is annoying, and so I went over and I parted the curtains and I looked out the window, and there, there was my car, just fine, nothing wrong with it. And I thought, stupid, stupid, stupid. 
And so I went back and I sat down and watched the news some more. In about one minute, the waves came back, I mean, just stronger and stronger and stronger, until I finally uttered something I can't repeat here on the air. And I got annoyed, and I stood up, and I walked over, and I opened the curtains, and slid the car back, and stood there, just stood there, and watched my car to satisfy this insane pounding of something's going to happen, something's going to happen. And as I was standing there watching my car, which was fine, a fellow went down the walkway from the apartments where I live, and I watched him, and he walked down the walkway, and he walked in front of my car and behind his car, went around, opened the driver's side, got in, started his engine, put it in reverse, and hit my car. Wow. Well, yeah, wow was right. I sank to my knees. <laughs> you were a believer then. <laughs> oh, it absolutely freaked me out. Right. I sank to my knees, and I was in shock for a second. And then I got up, and I yelled out the now open uh, door. I said, I, I, I saw that. <laughs> I saw that. <laughs> you sure did. And he said, he said, I'm stopping, I'm stopping. And it was no big deal. There's some damage to my bumper. But there's also no question about what happened to me. I had a precognitive, um, mandated, I mean, it, it wouldn't leave me alone. <laughs> you certainly did. It's the only time in my life that's ever happened. I don't know how to turn it on. I couldn't bring it back if I had to, and right. I, I wouldn't know how to turn it off. You don't need to have another dream like that because you got the message. It was showing you what your psychic mind can do, that there are other ways of receiving information. Yeah, but that's time travel. In a way. Well, well yes. In other words, it's knowledge of an event prior to it occurring in any given timeline. That's not necessarily time travel. You know, all the different theories of time and time layering. Layers of time. So you're the reaching of time, and then you can get into, well, what is time really? Yes, yeah. we, we could, really and maybe exists. we should. Because, look, this was an event that had not yet occurred. Right. It was in the future. Now... How how could I possibly know an event in the future unless the nature of time is not quite what we think it to be? Right. Oh, exactly. Right. It's not what we think it to well, be. Well, we invented it in order to exist. We had to measure our lives, our existence somehow. So we see it as linear because we're in this plane and in our bodies and we are very limited. That's so right. We had to do that to cope. So. You know, this is something I don't know that we'll ever understand while on this earth. But these things definitely happen. What I find fascinating about your precognitive experience is that it was while watching television, you know, the TV really does hypnotize us. And that may be what slowed your brain waves, allowed you to be receptive <laughs> yeah, to this I, higher information. Suddenly you were you were able to interface with your psychic self yeah. there. I was going to ask you if perhaps you had the dishwasher on because that that monotonous rolling sound can, can put you in that hypnagogic state. No, I don't wash dishes. Oh. <laughs> hey, I was, no, I was simply watching the evening news. I think it might have been uh, NBC's evening news. That's yeah, what it you was. were sort of vegging out. But, but what I'm telling you is that this was no minor message. This was so overwhelming, so washing over me in such waves 
Yeah, that, I like how you use the term waves. Yeah, that, I, well, that's the way it felt. Um, it's stronger and stronger, and the more I ignored it, the stronger it got. You know, I actually cursed a couple of times. Uh, <laughs> in fact, both times when I got up. <laughs> you well, were really fighting it. Oh, yeah. There are a lot of things in your life that you're fighting there, sir. Some <laughs> inner conflicts here. <laughs> Who? Why? Who, me? <laughs> you need to relax and open up. Well, I, I'm, I, I'm not a relaxed person. I am a type A personality all the way. But you're the type of person, though, that does listen up when you get the message. You're not going to be hit with recurring dreams or recurring nightmares, maybe recurring themes if there's something mm -hmm. you're avoiding. But um, you strike me as, you know, you got the message there that there is a paranormal realm. And look what you do in your career now. You explore the paranormal. So it was sort of uh, getting you started. Well... Lest there be any doubt. No, and here's another thing. Uh, since I have been doing this program, Exploring the Paranormal, I can tell you without any question, many, many more things in the realm of the paranormal have happened to me. Now, what does that tell you? You are more open and receptive to it because it's part of your daily consciousness. And your boundaries are thin, what Ernst Hardman, the great nightmare researcher, called thin boundaries. Some people are born with them. Um, they're also the same people that tend toward mental illness. But fear not, many, many normal people uh, have a propensity for or nightmares and have thin boundaries, and you're not going to become schizophrenic. Well, um, look, uh, I think the American <laughs> Psychiatric Association says that one in four people in this country, or, and or in the world maybe, suffer mental illness. you aware of that? Yes, and what do they term illness? You know, mental illness may be a state that's preferred, <laughs> That's you know, right. in ancient scriptures, we often hear that out of the mouth of the fool, the fool is yeah. the one with the wisdom. So, you know. Yeah. Yeah, well, I hadn't thought of it that way, but uh, uh, it may well be that the one in four are comforted by thinking of it that way. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Um, mental illness, well, I, I don't know how they define it, frankly. Uh, something aside from the norm, which is what they established, and I have no idea. Yeah, really which is what always persona, surface issues, psychiatry. Yeah. That's why I left main mainstream psychology, because it's so shallow. Oh, you were in it? Yeah, so I was studying mainstream psychology, um, and then I got into Jungian dream analysis, which, you know, Carl Jung was a very spiritual individual, and he pulled away from the Freudian sex, sex, all dreams are repressed. Sex. Well, we haven't all talked about that yet. Is repressed sex. All sex is repressed religion. <laughs> and he pulled away from that, and it's it's a. Doesn't it depend on your age? Now, that description of of sex and everything relating to sex probably applied to me. Um, oh, eighteen through twenty-five years of age, maybe thirty. I, I could see that possibly being true. I spent. A lot of my day thinking about sex, more than I probably should admit. But then as I got older, I began to think of other things as well. So In your 30s, you were the normal, standard sexual male. In your 30s is when it began to taper off. Um, the average male thinks about sex once every four and a half minutes. 
So <laughs> you just, right yes, you just described yourself beautifully as uh, a very healthy. And then, wait a minute, uh, just so that we know, uh, the average American woman thinks about it how frequently? Oh, there have been studies, and they can't seem to pin it down. <laughs> One, figures. Once a day, maybe twice. What? Yeah, isn't that something? Some women go days without thinking about it. Really? Yeah. Some... We know about males. <laughs> yeah, we know <laughs> about <laughs> to spread the seed. <laughs> but remember, your hormones are cycling much more frequently than ours, too. Ours have to cycle very slowly because of the whole human reproduction thing. So isn't it neat that men are constantly recycling that, whereas women were slower? We're based on the moon. You guys are based on the sun. If you watch the sun, it's constantly changing. Don't get me started on this. No, this is important, and I, I think it's interesting as well. And I had no idea, no idea that um, that women thought of sex that infrequently. Oh, yeah. Well, some women. Right. <laughs> Why? Are you going to confess? <laughs> I will leave it at that. Come on, girl. <laughs> uh, but but uh, forget you two individuals. Uh, uh, you, you, we'll, we'll just go nowhere with that. But you're, okay. You're saying, you two are saying that as a general rule, that's the case. Once or twice a day for most average women... Oh, yes, according to studies. And men every four and a half minutes. Yes, once every four and a half minutes. That's the average. So that means there are some guys every two minutes, yeah. and some guys every eight. And maybe and some guys all the time. Yeah. It's their driving factor, <laughs> the driving force in their life is that testosterone. Is that, so then, yes, is that then reflected in their dreams? Oh, yes. Whatever's happening yeah. to you in your waking life is going to come around when you're sleeping. Uh-huh. Boy, that's really, really interesting. Uh, dreams are interesting. All right, well, look, what I really wanted to do, of course, was to bring on uh, the callers and allow them to ask you some questions, because obviously they have dreams, and we've talked enough about my dreams, so I want to talk a little bit about their dreams. So if you're up for it in this next hour, we'll open the lines and let them um, ask you questions. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. All right. Done deal, then. Stay right there. We'll open the lines coming up uh, this next hour. Men, four and a half minutes. Women, maybe once or twice a day. How disappointing. You're listening to Art Bell, Somewhere in Time. Tonight featuring a replay of Coast to Coast AM from October 5th, 1999. Love will be mine.
Somewhere in time. Tonight featuring a replay of Coast to Coast AM from October 5th, 1999. So, guys think about sex on average once every four and one half minutes. Women, on the other hand, according to my guests, only think about it maybe once on average or twice a day. When you consider it, this really explains a lot that goes on in society. This is intolerable. One of those is enough. Streamlink, the audio subscription service of Coast to Coast AM, has a new name. Coast Insider. You'll still get all the same great features for the same low price. The package includes podcasting, which automatically downloads shows for you, and the iPhone app. You'll also get our amazing download library of three full years of shows. That's over a thousand shows for you to collect and enjoy. If you're a fan of Coast, you won't want to be without Coast Insider. Visit coasttocoastam.com to sign up. Looking for the truth? You'll find it on Coast to Coast AM with George Norrie. When you look at what's going on around this planet, it's almost as if someone has got a playbook to try to control all these countries all of a sudden. I've always said that not everything is a conspiracy, but a lot of it is. You know, when you start looking into things, there's only a certain set of conclusions you can reach, and unfortunately, this is one of them. You know, it's very, very hard not to see things like that when you start looking at things in a larger picture. Now we take you back to the night of October 5th, 1999. On Art Bell, somewhere in time. Oh, that hated sound again. I can't handle much more of that. If they make me keep playing that, I'm going to play a different sound. It's going to be so horrible that they'll supply me finally with a silent sound that nobody has to hear, which, by the way, technically is feasible. Suppose I were to use something like this. Every time I come and go from a commercial set, give them the Bigfoot scream. Bet they'd get me a silent switch pretty quick then, huh? 
<laughs> All right. Well, anyway, here are my two guests back again, Dr. Katya Romanoff and uh, Lori Quinn Lewenberg. And uh, they are both uh, interpreters of dreams and actually uh, would also take questions, I presume, generally on uh, parapsychology, metaphysics, uh, and world religion, even world <laughs> religion, right? Is that correct? Religions. Religions. Well, Girl. I'm reading from your paper. Oh. Oh, that's my fault. <laughs> I see. I forgot the S. I'm sorry. Well, that's quite all right. I just read it as I get it. All right, ladies, we're going to go to the phones this hour and see what you can pull out of the hat for some of those poor people. Okay. I'd like to mention real quick that um, they can get on our website, thedreamzone.com, and they can submit their dream as well as find out all kinds of more interesting dream tidbits and facts like we were discussing earlier. So get on there and explore it. It's a lot of fun. I have had other dream analysts on, and we have always discussed a dream, uh, a sort of a national dream bank. Um, have you considered anything like that, ladies? In other words, the Internet provides us this wonderful opportunity to gather incredible numbers and collate things. And, uh, for example, we could find out if people are having mass dreams of the future or something really significant. If, if 100,000 or 200,000 people dreamed the exact same thing one night, I'd, I'd, I'd want to think real hard about that, wouldn't you? There are yeah, email lists that do that. Yeah, I was actually in a uh, dream group where some of them were doing that. They would pick a place, let's say Paris, I'll meet you there tonight by the Eiffel Tower. Yes. And for some of them it was working. Of course, it would take several nights to, you know, program their computers in their minds to get to that point. But um, someone would dream of being at the Eiffel Tower, and something that would stick out is that they would see a red Corvette. And then the next day they would talk to their <laughs> friend, and they would say, well, I was wearing red pajamas. Really? <laughs> really? Yeah. Those are called shared dreams, right. and shared dreams happen more than we realize. Now, now, that's interesting, but I'd be a lot more interested if two people saw the same red Corvette. Uh, actually, yes, uh, but someone else would, might see a red chair. But there was always one significant thing that would make them all believe that, that they all were there and saw each other in some form because you know how dreams speak to us in weird symbols and images. Do you believe that, literal. well, do you believe that actual out-of-body experiences are possible? Well, Koch is pretty good at answering that kind of question. <laughs> He's asking, what do you believe? Um, I've never had an out-of-body experience. I think I may have had a small one I have a hard time dealing with the whole silver cord thing that you're still attached by this silver cord and you can float up to the moon and then come back. Hmm. But I don't have a hard time with the one um, in an operating room, in a hospital situation, in any kind of anxiety or stress that you're, you're above your body, you're floating hmm. in the room above and you're observing events. That's okay, but some of the other stuff, I get a little skeptical. Mm-hmm. It's just like reincarnation, you know. All these past life memories and past mm -hmm. life recall. Many people try to use dream research to prove that past lives exist. 
And I you, you, I, by the tone of your voice, <laughs> I take it you think that reincarnation is baloney. Well, I just, it's, I have a hard time with it. That, that's one of the things I personally grapple with. Do you have a hard time with the concept of God, of the Bible, and, and uh, the devil, too? Definitely. You Definitely. Know, those, oh, really? Those are, yeah, those are issues that um, mm. so much time and so many men have, and women have written about yes. and theorized about that yes. it's bound to color it with human error. Uh-huh. So we got to discover these things for ourselves. Do you think that the soul survives physical death? Ah. <laughs> I think so. I, I think I believe that the, the soul does. Some part of us, us must be permanent. Um, and last, we, maybe we go all into a collective pool of souls, mm. and then that's recycled. I believe in recycling. The recycling of souls. Uh, you know, some folks don't even believe in the existence of the soul. We're just a mind. The mind is the brain. The brain mm -hmm. is the mind. The mind is the soul. That's all we are. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, I don't deny anything. Yeah, Laurie, she's, <laughs> she believes in, in visitations, and, and I do too. It's just I'm a little more skeptical. Mm -hmm. Well, that's good. Have you had an out-of-body experience, Laurie? I don't know, nothing. I'm not I Larry. You know, my I... mother used to. Oh, uh, did you say Lori? Lori, yeah, I was Lori, okay. Lori. Oh, yes. right. I know you're not Lori. We're talking amongst ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Art? Have you had out-of-body experiences? Yeah, one. One, yes. One. Yeah, I, I had half of one. One really serious, fast one. And, and it, it's funny, it, you, should, uh, you should mention Paris, because I was staying at a hotel on vacation exactly two blocks from uh, the Eiffel Tower, and it happened uh, without any warning, any of this paralyzed feeling that most people have and report and all the rest of that. Uh, in one second flat, in an instant, faster than you could measure, I was up above Paris uh, for just a split second in this total ecstasy, and I knew damn well it was no dream. I've had dreams all my life. No dream, folks, guarantee you. And then, phew, I was so shocked and pleasantly surprised that I, I went smacking right back into my body and it was that fast. I, it was just an utter complete shock to me. Um, so that was my one. Yeah, that's that's similar to the half of one that I had. You went half, just got halfway there. I half huh? of one because it was like that. It was just a flash and I was above a city. Not so much my own self lying in a right. bed. No silver cords that I had to worry about. I, mean, I didn't have a silver cord either. Yeah. Nor did I have any control over any of it. It just, it just happened to me. And I, and I talked to somebody uh, about this who is an expert in OBEs, and uh, they said this occurs to uh, a lot of people, uh, completely unbidden. A lot of other people have warnings. Look, I want to go to the phones, um, so let's do that. On uh, the first time caller line, you're on the air with uh, Katya and uh, Lori. Hi, my name's Charles. I'm from Memphis. Hi, Charles. Hi. Um, I am interested in one of your guests, um, that she's an artist. I'm also an artist, and I paint wildlife. And that, I have a recurring dream of a tiger that uh, I would like you to interpret for me because I've had this several times. Um, it's a larger-than-life tiger, like from the Pleistocene or something, a great, powerful beast. And it, um, it, it kills a lot of people in my dream. Mm. But it only comes at me and it like bats at me with its paw and it won't ever hurt me. 
But it kills a whole bunch of other people? It kills other people. All right. Girls? Ladies? Uh, you know, it could represent, it is a part of you. It might represent your anger. Uh, you may have this dream whenever you lash out at someone. Do you uh, own an assault rifle, sir? No. <laughs> <laughs> Semi-automatic weapon of any sort? No, none at all. <laughs> all right. What, whenever we see death, blood and guts in a dream, it, it's probably talking about something in your life that, that's no longer needed, but still could be valuable to you, and maybe you're failing to nurture it. Instead of nurturing it, you're killing it off. Because, again, the tiger is your energy. That's maybe some suppressed power you have that you're avoiding. And, of course, the tiger is a cruel animal. Big cats are very cruel. They play with their prey. Um, so it may be telling you, in the end, only kindness matters, as the song says. Hmm. It, comes, uh, it comes to me, and it just sort of, it, and I'm kind of afraid of it, and you know, and it's sort of paralyzing, and it comes up and it bats at me, and but it it won't hurt me. You know, another thing a tiger can mean is someone else's anger. Is there someone angry with you, and you are afraid of their anger? Hmm. You're having to deal with. So that dream may come to you when you are afraid of someone being ticked at you. Uh huh. Okay. It's a powerful force. Or is anger. there a part of you that you're somewhat afraid of? Yeah. Temper or or some part of your personality hmm. that's wild, untamed. Well, I'm trying to develop my business right now. and If we were to go to your neighbors right now, sir, and we were to inquire about you of your neighbors, would they say, he's a really nice guy, he's generally quiet, sticks to himself? <laughs> would, would they say that? Not necessarily. No, no. I'm just just checking. No, 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 nothing like that. Mm -hmm. It's just um, um, a big, powerful animal, and I often have dreams like that of different kinds of animals, where they come, uh, they come up to me, and they're really big and powerful. Like even like a gorilla, I've had a dream where um, several times where a big, powerful gorilla was. You know, right at me, and I, it wasn't—it wouldn't hurt me, but I could feel like it was gonna. You know, it could. Charles, you're describing yourself. Yeah. You're saying big, powerful, a magnificent animal. That's you. You have that within you, and it's trying to get your attention. It says, "See, I won't hurt you, even though I have the ability to hurt other things. You, I will not hurt." In other words, you could choose in your business to to climb all over everyone and not care who or what gets hurt, but you don't. Mm -hmm. it's, it's, you know what? Charles is your name, right? Yeah. Charles, you should paint this tiger. I am. I, actually, I'm, I'm painting it right now. Good. Own it. Name it. Give it a name. And okay. then it will come to you in your dreams and, <laughs> and give you a message in some way. It's your spirit's guide. It's your own personal symbol. Yeah, it is. Yeah. All right. And by the way, you can read our column in the Memphis Flyer. Okay. So check it out. Check it out. All right. Uh, now, you ladies have columns where? All okay. over. Uh, we have quite a few around the country. I'll mention a few. All right. In the Buffalo, New York area, you can find us in the Art Voice. In Greenville, South Carolina, you can find us in Creative Loafing. In Memphis, you can find us in the Memphis Flyer. Mm -hmm. In Clarksville, Tennessee, you can find us in Our City. 
in Chattanooga. You can find us in NSYNC. And there is a New Age magazine called Sedona Journal of Emergence, which I believe yeah, you can find in your local New Age store all over the country. And we're in that as well. All right. So you're in a lot of publications around yeah. the country. And you can always find the column on the website, though, if you can't. If one of those newspapers, we're in a lot of alternative newspapers. We don't like the mainstream press. Um, so you can find us on the net, www.thedreamzone.com. Don't forget the the. You know, any publishers out there, if you're looking for something new and interesting for <laughs> <in> your paper, <laughs> we're cheap. All right. All right, here comes another one. Uh, east of the Rockies, you are on the air with uh, Dr. Katya and Lori Lohenberg. Hi. Hi, Eric. Uh, where, where are you, sir? I'm listening to you on CJBK in London, Ontario. Okay. And uh, I just wanted to say, I've just been, I just got turned on to your show within the last couple of months by a friend of mine. And since then, you keep me up for as long as I can stay awake every single night, much to my employer's demise. Um, well, it's not your employer who's going to demise. It's going to be you if you don't get to work. <laughs> I've been getting to work. I've just been tired sometimes. <laughs> okay. um, but when I do sleep, I've been having this dream. Um, and I've been having it for a few years now. It happens from time to time. I have this dream that I'm a bird. Like, yes, I'm flying, but I'm, it's not me flying. I am a bird. You are right? a bird. Yeah. So I'm flying around above the I mean, are you, a, are you a bird in every way? Yeah, I do you, can, do I, you eat worms? I can look down at my I can look down at my feathers. No, no, no. On oh, my wings. Oh, so you have feathers? Do you eat worms? Um, I eat mice. You eat mice? Really? Oh, he's yeah. a raptor bird. Oh my! Yeah, a raptor. You're a raptor. Uh huh. This and, is uh, uh, this is serious, sir. Proceed. <laughs> the thing is that every now and then, like it'll happen that I'm flying and then suddenly. It'll, uh, the realization will kick in that I'm not a bird, I'm a person. And I start falling towards the canopy. Mm. And then I start, then I realize again, wait a minute, I'm not in the jungle, I'm in bed. And then, at this point I usually wake up. Oh, I think this dream is bringing you down to earth. You may be flying high in some area of your life or some attitude, uh, and also in a powerful, possibly even aggressive way, being that you are a carnivore, and uh, you have that realization, wait, I'm merely human. I can't fly. This dream must be bringing you back down to earth. What do you think, Katya? Well, whenever, we, whenever we're, we're flying and then we start to plunge to lose altitude, it can mean um, a fear of exploring higher dimensions, uh, breaking out of limits that there there are some limitations in your life and, and you want to break out, but you're afraid. Something's holding you back. Yeah, but this guy's a predator. Yeah, and birds symbolize spiritual freedom and freedom from material ties. And a predatory bird eating, you know, we're all, life eats, okay? We eat, what, what has to die? to feed all of us. Just Sometimes because, it sucks. <laughs> just because he's a raptor and he's drinking the blood of small rodents <laughs> doesn't mean he's any different from the rest of us. Oh, yeah? I've never had a dream like that. <laughs> <laughs> no eating worms. Yeah, you were worried whether he was eating those worms or not. Well, I, I wondered how much of a bird he was, and so I asked, and, and, and we got more of an answer than I frankly expected. <laughs> So. Listen, you guys were also talking about precognitive dreams. That's right. 
I'll just mention this one and get off your line. All right. Uh, my grandfather, I had a conversation in a dream with my grandfather the very night he died. Wow. And found out the, n the next day. Okay, well, I've heard a lot of stuff like actually that. actually said goodbye to me and apologized for, no, for not recognizing me. I was just young, and he had Alzheimer's. Oh, that's he remarkable. kind of upset me when I didn't Oh, uh, yeah, you should him. report that one. Write that one down. All right, sir, I've got to, I've got to split because we've got a break here. And uh, when we get back, we'll ask more about sex and dreams. Because apparently that, uh, we do have a lot of those, you know. I'm Art Bell, and this is Coast to Coast AM. Stay right where you are. You're listening to Art Bell, Somewhere in Time, on Premier Radio Networks. Tonight, an encore presentation of Coast to Coast AM, from October 5th, 1999. <laughs> Whatever colors you have in your mind, I show them to you, and you see them shine. Lay, 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 lay across my big bread. Presents Art Bell Somewhere in Time. Tonight's program originally aired October 5th, 1999. Good morning, everybody. I am Art Bell, and I have two interpreters of dreams. One is a PhD in the subject, Dr. Katya Romanoff, and the other is Lori Quinn Lowenberg. And together they are sort of interpreting uh, dreams, and so far, actually, we've had some pretty darn interesting ones. Well, brace yourself, here it comes. audio subscription service of Coast to Coast AM has a new name, Coast Insider. You'll still get all the same great features for the same low price, just 15 cents a day when you sign up for one year. The package includes podcasting, which offers the convenience of having shows downloaded automatically to your computer or MP3 player, and the iPhone app with live and on-demand programs. You'll also get our amazing download library of three full years of shows. Just think. 
As a new subscriber, over 1,000 shows will be available for you to collect, enjoy, and listen to at your leisure. Plus, you'll get streamed and on-demand broadcasts of Art Bell's Somewhere in Time shows and two weekly classics. And as a member, you'll have access to our monthly live chat sessions with George Norrie and special guests. If you're a fan of Coast, you won't want to be without Coast Insider. Visit coasttocoastam.com to sign up today. Stories on the radio must be Coast to Coast AM with George Norrie. You know, when I started doing this radio program, Jesse, half of the subjects I was really into, the paranormal, the unusual, ghosts and things like that, yep. the conspiracy stories, you know, I was a little weary about these. Other than the Kennedy assassination, and all of a sudden, I woke up. I simply woke up. Is that what happened with you two? Yeah, that's when I really started to say, what is going on here? And I started to truly then investigate 9-11. And today, I don't believe the government story of 9-11. Here's the three options. Either we knew about it and allowed it to happen, or we knew about it and participated in it, or these were the dumbest buffoons that could have ever been in charge of our country who could have all this pre information and I started to think they knew it was going to happen they either are part of it or they allowed it to there's no well, doubt in my mind now we take you back to the night of October 5th 1999 on Art Bell somewhere in time All right, once again, back to dreams and my guests and ladies. Um, you know, we talk about in real life that men think about sex once every four and a half minutes of every day and women maybe once or twice a day. How does that convert to dreams? In other words, do, do men have frequent dreams of sex while women dream very rarely of sex? Or is there a difference? The fascinating thing is that in dreams, it's almost equal, that women do dream about sex. Women dreams. have wet dreams, too, people. It's just not as messy. <laughs> women's dreams will have more of a romantic connotation to it, whereas men's dreams might be just more the sexual act. Yeah. The release of that sexual energy. Right. And a lot of men will dream that they have had a wet dream when, in fact, they haven't. You even dream. It's called the false awakening where he dreams he's waking up and he's got, had, oh, I've had a wet dream. Huh. And then he wakes up and realizes, and says, oh, no, I didn't. But yet he truly did orgasm. So we have many sleep laboratory studies that show that men are having an orgasm in their dreams, but dead. they're not making that mess. All right, all right. Isn't well, that nice? Uh, yeah. I guess. Uh, let's let's ask this. If you dream of having sex with another, other than the one uh, snoring beside you, <laughs> does that mean you're cheating on that person, or is that a normal, in quotes, thing to do? Very normal. Very normal. Yes. Whenever... The dreaming process, especially sexual dreams... I can see I'm going to have to be very careful how I ask you girls questions. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's about, we're, we're learning to balance the male and female yes. polarities of our being. We, we all have a male and female side. So when you're dreaming of having sex with someone, your boss, 
even a parent, someone that seems, quote, inappropriate, oh, my God, I shouldn't be having sex with them, or even this person is the same gender as you, so does this mean you're a latent homosexual? No. Or lesbian. No, right. Well, homosexual is supposed to be gay or lesbian. I suppose. Yes. And so you might even dream you're having sex with your mother or your father. It's just a merger of energies. It means you're taking within yourself qualities you associate with that person. It has nothing to do with actual sexual desire toward that person. A lot of people will email us or call us and say, I dreamed of having sex with my boss. What the heck does that mean? That means you're trying to emulate your boss. You're trying or, to take or you or you want to raise. Right. I or mean, let's be practical here. Very practical. Let's <laughs> real world. Some quality of that person. Remember, <laughs> sex is the ultimate union, and dreams, of course, exaggerate to get a point. So it's telling you unite what that person is like, that quality, that strong quality of that person within yourself. You need to be more like that person. Or animal, or whatever. Yes. I, I, you know, I, I have never dreamt of having sex with my boss. I, I, I've had dreams of axe murders that involve my boss, but never, <laughs> never sex. Well, all right, let's go back to the phones. East of the Rockies, you're on the air with uh, Dr. Kadya and uh, Lori Lowenberg. Hi. Hi. Hello. How are you? Um, all right. I'm glad to be online because I've been listening for a long time. Um. I'm a totally blind person. <clears throat> since birth? Slightly nervous, yeah. Yeah, since birth, okay. Um, I've been having this dream. It's not been lately, but I'll be in a car, and I'll be driving. Yeah. I've never driven. It's really weird to me because I'll wake up and go, whoa. Yeah. I cannot believe it. When you, dream that, when you dream that you're driving, do you see the car, or do you... Just feel the sensations that you are used to experiencing in life. Um, I guess I feel the sensations. Yeah, she's driving. been blind since birth, and it is believed that um, blind people do do not see in their dreams unless they were sighted for a time in childhood. Then no, they do, I do see in their dreams. Oh, but you do see. I do. You believe you see. Tell me. Tell me what, what you, you see? see. Well, I see. You know, roads and. Uh, really? The, you know, some signs. It just depends on... Describe a road. Well, they're black. Yeah. Um, they're either, they are either curved or they are gravelly over the sh- on the shoulder. Right. Dirt or ditches. Right. Um, let's see. That's about it, really. What's your first name, caller? Faith. Hey. The the car is a symbol of our body. So when you dream that you are driving the car, that's actually a very good symbol because it means you're in control of your life, you're in control of your body. If we ever dream that someone else is driving us around, that's not good. That means that person is trying to take control of your life or running your life. So this is very good for your self-confidence because being being a person who's never driven, it would be very common. It would be expected for you to dream of being a passenger, but yet you're still dreaming of being in the driver's seat. You are in control of your life, Faith. That's, that's very good. Wow. You are the driving force of your own life. That's good to hear. 
<laughs> All right. Good to hear, Ty. There you are, and I, I really appreciate your answering that question about uh, a road. I mean, it's hard for me to... Does the road have a texture, or is it smooth? It depends. A paved road, a paved road. It's paved. Yeah. Do you, does a paved road, is it just a smooth, unbroken surface, or how do you picture it? It's smooth and unpaved. It's it's uh, smooth and it's smooth and it's you know it's got curves and you know turns and twists. I really appreciate. I haven't that. missed one yet. <laughs> All right. Good Thank, job. You. That's a uh, that's really interesting because for somebody who has never seen a road, you kind of wonder how they picture it. And for those of us who have you know been on roads maybe too frequently and driven, we all know that they're sort of pitted and they have white lines and. They have lots of, uh, they're, they're not very even surfaces. So I, I was kind of curious how she would imagine a road to be. Isn't that something? Somebody blind from birth. Uh, West of the Rockies, you are on the air with Dr. Katya and uh, Lori Quinn Lowenberg. Hello, did you say West of the Rockies? Yep, that's you. Okay. Uh, Where are you? I'm in Fort Collins, Colorado. Okay. My name is Jesse. Okay. I want to tell you I love your show. Thank you. Um... I wanted to ask the doctors about a dream I had some years ago, and there's not much to it really, but it really stood out in my mind, and I can still see the image I saw very clearly if I think about it, but I've never understood it. All the dream consisted of was I could see black space, and then I saw this globe rather like the moon, except it didn't have any... um, imperfections or craters or anything, a glowing white globe. And as I looked at it, a circle of light began to form around it, starting at the bottom, and it went up around the globe to about three-quarters of the way around it, and my dream ended. And it just struck me as it's supposed to be really significant to me, but I don't know, have any idea what it means. You said that the light went three-quarters of the way around it? Right. It didn't complete? No. Hmm. Uh, That's a classic Jungian dream. Hmm. We would call that a mandala dream, a mandala dream, because you're seeing a spherical object, something round, and it's not complete. A mandala symbolizes the wholeness of self. Now, this is kind of psychoanalytical talk here, Hmm. but it means completing your wholeness of nature, your your personality, all the re- all the way integrated. Hmm. Yeah, I'm trying not to use to. Um, so, so we would analyze that in in psychotherapy. I would have you draw that. We would talk about that endlessly because you you had one of those classic symbols. The circle means eternity. It means your soul, your higher self all that makes you, but yet you're not completely finished. You haven't reached that wholeness that is our goal. Our dreams help us reach that completion. So you were three-quarters of the way there. That's that's neat that you put a percentage to it, a fraction. You're still a work in progress. Yeah, that was quite a long time ago I had that dream. I sort of thought of that a little bit, that that might be it. It just struck me how the image kept coming back to me, and it, it was like, Something was trying to tell me this is very significant. Something that you need to think about. But exactly, whenever something's so it. vivid, yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much. There's some area of your life, All right, well, some uh, part of your personality you need sure. to complete. All right, but suppose I try this argument on you, ladies, and that is that all of this is complete crapola. That we have dreams. Of course, we have dreams. We all, we all know we have dreams. 
but they are not significant. They represent simply the random firing of neurons of the brain and a, a dream being uh, important to have so that we get rest or whatever, uh, but that there is not all this importance attached to the dreams at all that they really mean basically, absolutely nothing. There are two camps. I know. You're, you're talking the physiological camp, that dreams are just something going on, a madman in the brainstem, right. random misfirings of the brain. That's right. A small percentage of dream scholars do believe that, um, but the greater majority see see the, the undeniable results of psychotherapy and dream work, that there is a connection, and they're trying to work this out. Talk about locking horns. Yeah, I mean, you got to think about it. How many times have you woken up and a problem has been solved because you've been on it? Many, actually. Right, or you wake up just feeling elated. Uh, or, Rarely. Or I, I'm not elated until after my second cup of coffee. <laughs> oh, bless your heart. <laughs> or if you but but I have this. had many experiences of solving problems while I sleep. Yeah. No question about it. Yeah, that's where the term sleep on it comes from. Intractable, impossible problems the night before, and the next morning I wake up and boom, there it is, the answer. Right. And we've gotten many creative projects because of dreams that people have had, like the story of Frankenstein, because Mary Shelley had a nightmare, and the story of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde mm. was from a dream. I a sewing machine. Really? Einstein got his theory of relativity from a dream. Yes. What? Yeah. Einstein? He was inspired by a dream. Yes. He came up with a theory of relativity yes. from a dream? Yes. And Edison, Edison confesses I never also. heard that. Edison? Yeah, a lot of famous people have said that. Edison kept a cot in his study so that when he was having a mental block, he could go to sleep and dream and, quote, grab an idea from space. Wow. Grab an idea. Space. We have an idea from space. Well, that would that would uh, imply a kind of collective consciousness, would yes. it? Would it? Yes. Yes, yeah, I think so. Carl Jung coined that term, the collective unconscious, and that's that blueprint right. of humanity that we all are interwoven together. <laughs> Pretty cool. It's like a library you can tap into. It's like the internet. You just tap into it, ask your question. And your dreaming mind will answer it. But it's can you interpret that answer? Are you listening to you that know, answer? Yeah, I must say I, I lean toward your explanation more than I do my little argumentative presentation of they mean absolutely nothing. I, I think they do mean something. Uh, but I'm not sure we've got it all figured out. First time caller line, you're on the air with Dr. Katya and Lori Quinn Lohenberg. Hi. Hi, it's uh, John calling from Halifax. Halifax, Nova, Nova Scotia. Nova Scotia. Yes. Well, all right. Um, I just want to comment on that. one last thing they were saying there uh, about. Jeez, um, oh, I think I've lost my uh, my thought on that. Uh, uh, basically, I should get to the point. I have two actual dreams. Uh, one that thought I've had all my life, where uh, even before I go to sleep, I can feel uh, almost trance coming on, and uh, you can feel what? I feel a trance, sort of almost coming on. Yeah. And uh, yeah, you're when I asleep. Uh, get into the sleep, I start noticing things are all puffy and fat. I'm basically almost, uh, you know, surrounded. It's hard to move around in there. I can't describe describe what I'm in. It's uh, just sort of all puffy and swollen. Uh, 
I've been waking up by my mother and uh, still sort of stay in this trance for half hour sort of thing, uh, statements that, uh, you know, she proves that aren't true and uh, that I firmly believe. But uh, it just seems uh, it seems odd. I found as I get older I could control it and uh, haven't had it in uh, a year or two now lately. But uh, You can control your dreams? Pardon me? You can control your dreams? Well, I can I can now stop myself from going into them. I can feel the, uh, ah. the sort of swollenness coming on as I'm going to bed. It happened to me last night. And, and, you can, uh, and you can turn it away? I can shut it off. I know I've done it for a few years now where I could feel it coming on, and I just sort of roll over, huh. uh, try to go back to sleep, and... Uh, and I'm usually successful in getting to sleep without it. But oh, I know that's if I really. I sleep at that point. That's really. Uh, I will go into that uh, that sort of nightmare state, and uh, yep. And uh, I've always found that odd that it was kind of, uh, you know, uh, there was really nothing to it. It's hard to just sort of describe what I'm in, but everything is swollen uh, around me. I'm almost enclosed in. All right. No, I, I think I get the idea. Thank you. Um, so that man has a dream he doesn't like, or had a dream he didn't like. And he figured out how to stop having it. Is that normal? Is that something most people can, can do? Usually they need the help of a trained counselor or psychoanalyst to help them turn that off. But he figured it out on his own. That's that's good job. That means he's well-balanced psychologically and able to solve his own situation. It, what's interesting is he goes into a trance. This is a hypnagogic state, the hypnagogic state that we all go through as we are drifting into sleep is just the same state as when someone's high on LSD or what do you call it, tripping on LSD, mm -hmm. or someone who is in the deep stages of meditation. So it is trance-like. And some of the most um, psychic dreams occur during this drifting state as we're going in, um, the psychic impressions, visions, seeing deities, lost loved ones happen during this period, the hypnagogic state. And then as we drift into REM sleep, we become paralyzed. Otherwise, we'd act out our dreams. We'd get up and walk around. There are rare cases of people who do this. So notice he said he felt paralyzed. He felt closed in, yes, trapped. bogged down. Uh, with... Yeah. Uh, listen, we've got a break here at the top of the hour. Hold on, ladies, and uh, we'll be right back. I'm Art Bell, and this is Coast to Coast AM. We're talking about dreams, your dreams. You're listening to Art Bell, Somewhere in Time. Tonight featuring a replay of Coast to Coast AM from October 5th, 1999. Disappear. By the blue tide walls near the market, so 
Somewhere in Time on Premier Radio Networks. Tonight's an encore presentation of Coast to Coast AM from October 5th, 1999. Ah, the year of the cat. There's something about this record, too, that has been getting to me lately. It just keeps coming back. Not like a bad dream, but like a good dream. I don't know what it is about it. Women are kind of cat-like, aren't they? I think that's what they're singing about here. Moving through the year of the cat... Right? We're talking about dreams tonight. Want to join in? That's pretty stuff, isn't it? All right, we'll get back to dreams and our guests in a moment. Coast to Coast AM is happy to announce that our website is now optimized for mobile device users, specifically for the iPhone and Android platforms. Now you'll be able to connect to most of the offerings of the Coast website on your phone in a quick and streamlined fashion. And if you're a Coast Insider, you'll have our great subscriber features right on your phone, including the ability to listen to live programs and stream previous shows. No special app is necessary to enjoy our new mobile site. Simply visit coasttocoastam.com on your iPhone or Android browser. Weird stories on the radio must be Coast to Coast AM with George Norrie. You know, when I started doing this radio program, Jesse, half of the subjects I was really into, the paranormal, the unusual, ghosts and things like that, the conspiracy stories, you know, I was a little weary about these, other than the Kennedy assassination. And all of a sudden, I woke up. I simply woke up. Is that what happened with you two? Yeah. That's when I really started to say, what is going on here? And I started to truly then investigate 9-11. And today, I don't believe the government story of 9-11. Here's the three options. Either we knew about it and allowed it to happen, or we knew about it and participated in it, or these were the dumbest buffoons that could have ever been in charge of our country who could have all this pre information and I started to think they knew it was going to happen they either are part of it or they allowed it to there's no doubt in my mind Streamlink the audio subscription service of Coast to Coast AM has a new name Coast Insider you'll still get all the same great features for the same low price just 15 cents a day when you sign up for one year the package includes podcasting which offers the convenience of having shows downloaded automatically to your computer or MP3 player and the iPhone app with live and on-demand programs. You'll also get our amazing download library of three full years of shows. Just think, 
As a new subscriber, over 1,000 shows will be available for you to collect, enjoy, and listen to at your leisure. Plus, you'll get streamed and on-demand broadcasts of Art Bell's Somewhere in Time shows and two weekly classics. And as a member, you'll have access to our monthly live chat sessions with George Norrie and special guests. If you're a fan of Coast, you won't want to be without Coast Insider. Visit coasttocoastam.com to sign up today. Looking for the truth? You'll find it on Coast to Coast AM with George Norrie. When you look at what's going on around this planet, it's almost as if someone has got a playbook to try to control all these countries all of a sudden. I've always said that not everything is a conspiracy, but a lot of it is. You know, when you start looking into things, there's only a certain set of conclusions you can reach, and unfortunately, this is one of them. You know, it's very, very hard not to see things like that when you start looking at things in a larger picture. You're listening to Art Bell, Somewhere in Time, on Premier Radio Networks. Tonight, an encore presentation of Coast to Coast AM, from October 5th, 1999. Uh, Dr. Kantya uh, Romanoff, actually, and Lori Quinlowenberg are my guests. They are dream interpreters. Uh, Dr. Kantya is, uh, has a uh, Ph.D. in parapsychology, metaphysics, and world religions, plural. Uh, Lori is a certified dream interpreter as well as a professional artist. And by the way, how do you get to be a certified dream interpreter, Lori? Well, I took a 55-hour collegiate course taught by Dr. Katya. Oh! And I graduated head of the class. Oh, no kidding. Yeah, that's how we met. Yeah, we teamed up and decided we needed to spread dream awareness. I see. All right, well, I've got a kind of disturbing facts here from somebody calling himself Han. And um, he says, my dream involves um, a kidnapping uh, random people, uh, taking them home, killing them, chopping them up, uh, wrapping them in individual packages and putting them in my refrigerator and then eating them. Oh, my. How would you interpret that? Jeffrey Dahmer here revisited. No. Um, again, murder in our dreams. Yes. Is he's killing off parts of himself. Oh. He's holding them hostage. He's killing them and redigesting them. In other words, he's improperly going about realizing the wholeness of self. You know, he's, he's working like everyone else toward that union of the soul, that completion, but he's doing it inappropriately, definitely, um, and maybe a little too violently. Mm-hmm. He's just destroying segments of himself mm-hmm. that he really shouldn't. So would you not want to know somebody who had this dream? No, certainly not. No, it doesn't mean he's psycho or has... Latent violent tendencies. No, that's very common to dream of violence. Um, I would, of course, see with what relish he related the dream to me. Great relish. Yeah. See, then, then you have to think, haha, is he exaggerating? Is he trying to get a rise out of me? Um, yeah, we get that a lot. And you, mm. you learn. You learn when someone's making it up, when they're not. Or when they're so deriving... In other, in other words, it, it might be somebody screwing with you, to be honest. Exactly. All right. Well, it is exactly that, because the signature is Hannibal Lecter. 
You know, Han, uh, Han, Hannibal Lecter. Oh. I, I made all that up. I see how you are. <laughs> I just wanted to see how you'd answer. We knew something was up there. You are rotten. You did very well. <laughs> all right. First time caller line, you're on the air with Dr. Katya and uh, Lori Lowenberg. Hi, Art. Hello. Hello to your guests. I'm calling from Las Vegas, Nevada. Oh, yes, over the hill. Just over the hill. Right. I actually um, had a question about a dream of mine. I um, unfortunately have uh, dealt with uh, losing a best friend. She died in a car accident four years ago. And after she passed away, I had just been hoping I was going to have a dream about her because her death actually was an accident. And still to this day, her parents really don't know how exactly the accident happened. And I'm, I don't need to go into details about that, but... I always wanted to have a dream about her, just maybe her saying something to me that she was okay and everything was fine and everything, but I never did until after about a year and a half later. And all I dreamt about was her and I in a restaurant, and we were sitting in a booth, and I was looking at her, and she was looking at me, and she was smiling. And that's all I remember from the dream, and that was it. All right. Ladies? Okay. I would, I would say that at the time you had the dream, since it was so long after her death, you were in need of some kind of spiritual or emotional nourishment. Yeah. That's why you were in the restaurant. And it could have been a contact dream. Hmm. Um, it, uh, then again, she could represent some part of your personality that has died or some part of your personality that is like her. Right. And it is showing up in your dream to reassure you everything's fine. Yeah. Or as Laurie says, it could have been a contact dream. There are countless, countless reports of um, loved ones who've passed on coming to us in the dreaming state as though to say, hey, I'm fine. And she was smiling at you, showing you a tranquility that I'm, it's cool, I'm okay. Well, that's neat. I guess, I mean, I wish there was like some, like, way, like I could have had like more dreams about her, but I don't know, could, is there any way possible that, Maybe I'm just thinking too much about it and wishing it so much that that could possibly just not let me have a dream of her, possibly? Yes, I think so. A lot of people who deal with uh, this type of thing, out-of-body experiences and contacting the beyond, would tell you, don't ask it to come to you. Just leave yourself open, and they will come when... They need to tell you something, Be careful. or they feel that you need them. Be careful what you ask for. Right. You might get it. You might get it. Well, um, let me ask you ladies this. When somebody like that lady calls up and says, gives her a dream, and you say, well, it might mean this, or it might mean that, or it might mean something else, which is it? I mean, it might mean any of those things, and those are very different things. Would it take her coming in and lying down horizontally as you would in front of a psychiatrist and talking about lots of dreams before you really understood what it means? Is that why we get sort of a multiple, it could mean this or it could mean that from you? Well, dreams are, are multi-layered like an onion. And the, the one thing that will stick out to her as we give her these options is what it means to her. Whereas if someone else had that similar dream. In other words, you offer up three or four possibilities and she'll, she'll jump when you hit the one that... Right. right. Not always. It depends on the dream. Um, some dreams are very easy to know the meaning of, um, but when something is multifaceted like this, 
and you're dealing with, you know, the contact issue of a deceased person, you have to deal with people's beliefs on that. Some people believe that contact dreams are impossible. It's just her psychological need to know that her friend is okay, and she was sort of bringing sure. bringing it on. Sure. But then other people really believe that that from the beyond we can contact our loved ones and know they really are still with us. So, so you have to sort of play that one carefully. So we often, you know, will offer options. Well, I don't know. Uh, on both of my grandparents uh, on my mother's side uh, have passed away, and. I never dream about them. I never have contact with them. But on the other hand, I feel the presence of a cat I once had all the time. Go figure that one. <laughs> so cats are psychic. They symbolize the the feminine side. They symbolize psychic ability. Cats do? Yeah. Feminine cats side? are so psychic. There have been cases of uh, real live cats being separated by thousands of miles from their owners. The owner even moves. So it's not like the dog who can find the owner because he remembers where the home was, the house was. Mm. The cat can find the person by their brainwave. And that's only the feminine side, huh? Well, it's usually what it symbolizes. A cat symbolizes females and dogs symbolize males. Whereas, whereas guys never ask directions. They wander aimlessly yeah, forever. Yeah. Serious overgeneralization here <laughs> and, and gender typing. But uh, Yeah, I was about to complain of that. Uh, yes, I was wondering why you weren't jumping on that. <laughs> uh, east of the Rockies, you're on the air with Dr. Katya and Lori Lohenberg. Hello. Hello, my name is David, and I'm calling from near Austin, Texas. Hi, David. Um, I have a subject I like to bring up. Um, one, three parts. One is my past involved a lot of paranormal experiences, which, like you, I didn't have control over. They just happened from mm. time to time, without necessarily my involvement. But they just taught me that they exist. Unfortunately, when I discussed them, I was declared mentally ill. <laughs> Were you really? Instead of a oh yeah, there. I don't know. Well, I don't know what what kind of stuff did did you have? I mean, oh, I've had out of body experiences. I've seen objects appear and disappear. I've had precognitive dreams. I've had. Um, well, why would somebody call you mentally ill for that? Well, because you're talking to a, a medical doctor instead of a talk show host. And well, from their standpoint, <laughs> I mean, it's, and that's another. That's another. That, that's in other words, you doing. went in like your family doctor, and he re- gave you a referral to a well, psychiatrist. Well, I, I was trying to be a priest, and, they, and then they sent me over to be checked I out. See. And, and it's, it's anyway, that, that's just my journey. Okay, that's that's my little task gotcha. in life. Okay, and, and and whatever. Anyway, part of it is that I ended up marrying a woman who is a lot. It's really seriously troubled woman. Mm-hmm. And um, part of what I learned is that a a person can ask to take on the burdens of another person. Mm-hmm. And so one of my little prayers was to take as much of her pain silently as I was able to handle. And another thing I learned over the years and that involves dreams, and I'd like to see if this is still the idea, is that a dream that, that's painful enough to wake you up is in fact a nightmare by definition. And that you only remember the dreams that you wake up during. So you basically only remember your nightmares. Ladies? I don't know if that's true or not. Well, let's find out. Ladies? Well, it's true, yes and no. 
Okay. Um, if a dream, a nightmare, propels you into the waking state before you normally would awaken, then it's a frightening dream, it's a nightmare, it makes your palms sweat, your heart race, right. you feel paralyzed. That's by definition a nightmare. But when we're in the emergent stage one of sleep, we're coming out of the REM state, and it's a uh, we're naturally waking up. And those are dreams. They're not nightmares. There okay. is a difference. Well, what I wanted to share with you is that, is that being with this woman and, and, and taking on that task, every single night that I slept with her, I woke up in a sweat mm. during a dream that involved aliens attacking, planes blowing up, a block down the street, thing, you know, just, 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 just stuff like that. And the moment we broke apart and I moved away, I slept like a baby <laughs> and, and have not, you know, I've just, it, it was just like night and day. You know what that means. Oh, that I, meant I, you were not this, where you None of this surprises me at all, you know, and I just wanted to share that with you and with the audience, you know. Well, I, I appreciate that. Uh, ladies, you said you know what that means. What does that mean? Oh, you know what? I just knocked one of my guests off, so I only have Lady. Oh, I guess that would be me. That would be you. You're the <laughs> only one left. I just pushed the wrong button, and I knocked my other guest off. So you, you've, you've got to jump on this one. Okay. Uh, you, of course, know that this is a foreign situation to you, having to deal with this. And I think this dream art also shows that... Uh, Dreams aren't just random misfirings of the brain. It's showing that he is having to battle with something in his daily life. It's a pun. Dreams are very punny. He's grappling with, with his wife's situation, mm-hmm. and it's foreign to him. That's why he dreams of aliens attacking. That's interesting. He said that he consciously chose to take on her troubles. Yeah. It, it was a battle for him. He He didn't want to... But yet he felt he had to, out of love, out of uh, duty, who knows. When you tell some people what their dream means, I take it that you are brutally honest with them. In other words, if it means the worst or something that is going to be negative, you don't couch that. You don't hold that back from them, do you? Well, no, but we also tell them, you know, the dream is bringing this situation, no matter how horrible it is, to light so that you can deal with it. There's no such thing as a bad dream. The scarier the dream, the more important the message is. And it's just scaring you to get your attention. It's drawing attention to a bad situation in order to take care of it, to face it. There's no such thing as a bad dream? Not really. It, it, it will be scary when you think about it. No, I, I once went... Now, here's an interesting question for you. I once went to the dentist a long time ago, and this was um, what they would give you gas to put you to sleep. Right. When I was uh, about 13, I guess, I had a bunch of cavities. It was horrible. I I demanded I be put to sleep. In fact, my dentist was so painful. And I dreamed that little guys were chopping up the world with pickaxes. And this is why you were under the gas? Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. And and it was extremely vivid, vivid, and little guys chopping up our entire world with pickaxes. Now, what possible good could that be? Well, now, you're not actually in the normal, natural 
dream state. So the question under is... Under the influence of a drug. That's the question. Uh, do we dream differently when under the influence of yes. drugs? Yes. We do. Uh, alcohol and drugs, illegal drugs especially, will cause you to have nightmares. What's the difference between a legal and illegal drug? I, in fact, hold. we'll come back to that question in a moment. Stay right there, okay. and we'll get the other half of our team back together uh, as well. And I'm uh, sorry about that. This occurs occasionally when we have multiple lines operating. You're listening to Art Bell, Somewhere in Time, on Premier Radio Networks. Tonight, an encore presentation of Coast to Coast AM from October 5th, 1999. Somewhere in time. Tonight featuring a replay of Coast to Coast AM from October 5th, 1999. We're going to do another segment of Dreams with Dr. Katya Romanoff and Lori Quinn Lowenberg. And we're going to ask about how some people wake up in a moment. I don't know if it has anything to do with dreams, to be honest with you, but. Good morning, Mr. Mr. Sunshine. There are some people who wake up 
And they're just happy-go-lucky from the moment they open their eyes. It's a beautiful day. And everything is spiffy. And other people wake up. Let's see, how to describe those people? Well, for a short period, they're actually evil. Totally evil. The worst kind of wake-up you can imagine. Grouchy and mean and miserable. We'll ask. Isn't that the truth? Anyway, all that coming up. Looking for the truth? You'll find it on Coast to Coast AM with George Norrie. When you look at what's going on around this planet, it's almost as if someone has got a playbook to try to control all these countries all of a sudden. I've always said that not everything is a conspiracy, but a lot of it is. You know, when you start looking into things, there's only a certain set of conclusions you can reach, and unfortunately, this is one of them. You know, it's very, very hard not to see things like that when you start looking at things in a larger picture. Coast to Coast AM is happy to announce that our website is now optimized for mobile device users, specifically for the iPhone and Android platforms. Now you'll be able to connect to most of the offerings of the Coast website on your phone in a quick and streamlined fashion. And if you're a Coast Insider, you'll have our great subscriber features right on your phone, including the ability to listen to live programs and stream previous shows. No special app is necessary to enjoy our new mobile site. Simply visit coasttocoastam.com on your iPhone or Android browser. Streamlink, the audio subscription service of Coast to Coast AM, has a new name, Coast Insider. You'll still get all the same great features for the same low price, just 15 cents a day when you sign up for one year. The package includes podcasting, which offers the convenience of having shows downloaded automatically to your computer or MP3 player, and the iPhone app with live and on-demand programs. You'll also get our amazing download library of three full years of shows. Just think... As a new subscriber, over 1,000 shows will be available for you to collect, enjoy, and listen to at your leisure. Plus, you'll get streamed and on-demand broadcasts of Art Bell's Somewhere in Time shows and two weekly classics. And as a member, you'll have access to our monthly live chat sessions with George Norrie and special guests. If you're a fan of Coast, you won't want to be without Coast Insider. Visit coasttocoastam.com to sign up today. Stories on the radio must be Coast to Coast AM with George Norrie. You know, when I started doing this radio program, Jesse, half of the subjects I was really into, the paranormal, the unusual, ghosts and things like that, the conspiracy stories, you know, I was a little weary about these, other than the Kennedy assassination. And all of a sudden, I woke up. I simply woke up. Is that what happened with you too? Yeah, that's when I really started to say, what is going on here? And I started to truly then investigate 9-11. And today, I don't believe the government story of 9-11. Here's the three options. Either we knew about it and allowed it to happen, or we knew about it and participated in it, or these were the dumbest buffoons that could have ever been in charge of our country, who could have all this pre-information. And I started to think they knew it was going to happen. They either are part of it or they allowed it to. There's no doubt in my mind. Now we take you back to the night of October 5th, 1999. 
on Art Bell, Somewhere in Time. Once again, my two guests. Welcome back, Dr. Tanya. Sorry about that. <laughs> it happens. I hit the wrong button. Sometimes it's my fault. Sometimes the phone company does it. This time it was me. No offense. Uh, first time caller line, you're on the air with Dr. Katya uh, Romanoff and uh, Laurie Quinn Lohenberg. Hi. As we went down, down, I remember starting to go down, but I don't remember crashing in my dream. But I remember after we crashed that I saw my brother, and I walked up to him, and he, he had, like, a body bag with him. Yeah. And and when, uh, you know, I, was, I kept trying to get him to open it up, and he wouldn't do it for me. When I finally got to the point where I could get it open, I saw myself there, and I was dead. Oh, man. And, uh, you know, you've always heard how if you see yourself dead in a dream, supposedly you die, or if you fall... Obviously, dream, you didn't. ...and you land, yeah. you die. Yeah. You, you, I was you just didn't. curious about that. Yeah. Well, ladies... Well, he's obviously proved that that's just an old wives' tale. Uh, but death in a dream <clears throat> means change, getting rid of the old and making way for the new. Now, this dream could have been dealing with your fear of flying, and perhaps you were going through the process of changing that about you, that old part of you that is afraid of flying is dying off, and your dream is reflecting that change. Why wouldn't a dream uh, about dying mean you're going to die? Because it rarely, rarely will mean that. Because death, impending death, again, we've, we've done studies, um, shows up with other really odd symbols that you wouldn't, you wouldn't expect, like the ticking of a clock, the candle going out. But actual death is just too literal. Dreams are so symbolic. So really seeing death in a dream means death in the metaphorical sense. Some part of you is dying off or some big change is about to happen. Do you feel better, sir? Well, that was the conclusion I pretty much came to about the dream. Uh, the other thing I was going to tell you about is I have had an out-of-body experience where actually I, I think it was closer to a near-death experience when I was younger. Uh, I went to a picnic with my parents, and they had the helium balloons there, and I'd been sucking in the helium all day. I was probably about 11 or, 11 or 12, and uh, I remember that I felt funny. You know, it felt like I was walking above ground. Well, when we came to where we did the three-legged race, and I decided to suck down this huge balloon that I had really quick, and when I did that, I was standing. Well, the next thing I knew, I was above myself looking down, and I was floating up, and I remember thinking, this isn't right, and grabbing hold of a tree branch of the tree that was right above me hmm. and looking down, seeing myself laying on the ground. And the next thing I, I remember is I opened up my eyes, and there I was laying on the ground. I've got a whole tank of helium here. That's worth a shot. Yeah. <laughs> uh, ladies, uh, that brings us back to the, the drug thing. Yep. Um, and I meant to ask you about that. Um, I, I, I asked you, look, what's the diff between... Legal drugs and illicit drugs. Uh, what's the difference between going to sleep, say, drunk, and going to sleep? Um, somebody's phone is beeping. Yes, I'll. my phone. I'll take care of that. Uh, and going to sleep for, uh, uh, you, you know, when you're, uh, well, I don't know, stoned or took LSD or whatever. What's the difference? Drugs and chemicals affect the dreaming mind. Anything that's going to mess with your mind and the brain waves, the speed 
of what's going on in there is going to induce these kinds of states so we can induce it artificially. Uh-huh. You know, if, if we didn't have this technology, we wouldn't be able to anesthetize people before surgery. It's right. all the same stuff. So he was messing with his mind, those chemical substances. Well, most of these drugs come from something that's grown in the ground, right? Right. But you're inducing that state using an outside element. If you can get high on your own, then then I encourage people to do that. All right. What about coffee? If you drink too much coffee and you try to sleep, you have a very disturbed sleep. Definitely. It's a weird kind of sleep. I know because I drink a lot of coffee. Caffeine's a bad drug. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm nicotine. Sure people who are coming off of cigarettes quit. Yes. Their yes. dreams suddenly come flooding in. Really? A very vivid, very active dreaming life as, as the nicotine comes out of their system. Really? Yeah. Is that good or bad? Well, you know, take that as you may. <laughs> I would say it's good because we need the dream state to help us process information and solve problems. That's why we dream. It's, it's a learning thing. Um, it's a schoolhouse, you know. You spend one-third of your life sleeping, okay? Why not use this time for constructive purposes? That's true. A third yeah. of your life. A third of your life dreaming. <sighs> That's something to contemplate all by itself. Uh, east of the Rockies, you're on the air with Dr. Con- and uh, Lori Lohenberg. Good morning. Good morning. I have a little something for all three of you. All right, where are you? I'm in Michigan. Michigan, all right. Uh, one is uh, I love to dream. There's nothing more I look forward to than having a dream, whether it be the the worst dream you can have or the best dream you can have. Well, you're pretty unusual. <laughs> uh, up until uh, this is this the reason I said this is for all three. This is a little do for you too, Art. Okay. Was uh, up until I was about 13, I used to be able to control my dreams at will. When I went to sleep, I I could control it. Right when I went into the dream, I could control every single thing that would happen, hmm. except for the base plot of the dream. Um, In other words, the plot would be random, but within that you could control what you did? Correct. Cool. Called lucid dreaming. Correct. Um, Now, the the reason I I said this was for you too, Art, was as at 13, uh, I had an experience where I believed that I may have been an abductee. I have no idea. But after that had happened, this, this instance, I have never been able to do that since. But I've always felt uh, that I could get back to that, and I, I don't know how. All right. Uh, go ahead. All right. Um, let's uh, ask the following question. Ladies, I have interviewed over the years many people who claim to be abductees, uh, to have been taken by aliens or the military or various sorts of uh, right. nefarious beings. Right. How many of the reported abductions that we hear about do you think are dreams? Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> oh, gee, it's very possible. You see, when you deprive yourself of sleep, uh-huh. when you affect your body and you don't get enough dream time, your body will compensate by giving you dreams when you're awake. Uh-huh. I.e. hallucination. Oh, I, oh, listen, I've been there. Yeah, Let me tell yeah, you, I bet you have. Let me tell you a little story. I, I lived on the island of Okinawa for for a decade, ten years. Oh, wow. And I did. A, I was stupid, young, and I did a bunch of publicity stunts. And one of them was, 
I broadcast consistently, constantly, for a hundred from Monday night through Saturday um, afternoon. That's Monday night through Saturday afternoon, or yeah, I think it was late Saturday when I finally quit. And I never slept that whole time. And they wouldn't let me drink coffee. They had doctors tending to me. There were crowds all around me. No drugs. I had coffee in the beginning, but then they cut me off because my pulse rate began to get too high. So they made me stop. The only way I could keep myself awake was taking frozen cans of orange juice and putting it up against my neck and my, you know, my forehead and stuff to shock myself. Hey, there was a DJ in New York who did this, and they studied him. Yeah, 115 hours and 15 minutes is what That's I made. That's incredible. Well, oh, about by the end of the week, your show was really interesting. Um, <laughs> it was. It was about two thirds of the way through this, I began to hallucinate. Yes. And when I say hallucinate, it was as real as the experience that I'm having with you right now on the radio. Every yeah. detail, every aspect of everything I did, it was that real. And I told them that I had been upstairs and in a different part of the radio station, up in the management offices of the Japanese managers that we had and been roaming around and had seen things and touched things and opened refrigerators and drawers and stuff like that, it was that real. Now, is that is that the same as a dream you have when you go to bed at night? Well, it's the same, but yet it's different, too, because your mind is desperately trying to get into REM because you're depriving yourself of sleep. So it's like, fine, fine. I'll start firing from the brain stem while he's awake. Oh. That's a physiological thing. But what's neat is how you're this, this great little proof of hallucination and how very real it is. What's really going on? You know, are we we're all a bunch of waves, energy, connected? Mm. What are our minds really up to? Mm-hmm. Are we all part of this big overmind? We're mm-hmm. just cells in some big big consciousness. Is the goal of our existence just to become aware, you know, are when, we helping? When it was over, I slept for 18 hours straight. Oh. I woke up, I ate a, me- a meal, and went back to our- asleep for 12 more hours. But I have always thought all my, my life that I damaged myself in some rather permanent fashion by doing that. Why? What made you think you were damaged? What was different? I don't know. I just, I, I had the sense that I was never quite the same. Was it guilty? Were you feeling guilt or fear? No, or no, no. That, that, that I damaged my brain in some way <laughs> by doing this. That, and, and, and really, that kind of deprivation probably is harmful. Now, I, I have no idea whether it really is. Comments long. have been well, do doing that for brain cells by doing that. Say, say, uh, burned out brain cells? Yeah. I would imagine that possibility. What happens when you deprive yourself of sleep? Well, you're not going to burn things, but you're but you're not going to regenerate either. Um, when we're sleeping, there's a regeneration process going on in our brain. That's one of the purposes they believe of dreaming. Um, but remember, shamans and holy men and holy women too, for thousands of years, have been doing what you just described in order to get visions. Hmm. There would be one person chosen in the tribe, and they would deprive this person of sleep just to get portents of the future to invite these hallucinations. You, you weren't damaging yourself. 
um, or unless there's really, that's why I was asking you, what sense did you have? What what proof do you have that you damaged yourself? You just entered a realm that very few people have. They have the guts to keep themselves awake. I have no proof. Well, the body has a good way of making up for lost time. And when you went back to sleep, this is very similar to a, a study done with some college students where they, well, in a sleep laboratory, they were allowed to go to sleep, but once they entered that REM state, they were woken up. So they were able to sleep, but not able to dream. And they became cranky, moody, they hallucinated, um, had signs of psychosis. One, one last question, and I mentioned this going into the bottom of the hour, and we're almost out of time, but some people wake up really happy, and other people wake up like the Wicked Witch of the North. <laughs> Why? What controls that? Do you have any any idea? Well, it depends. If you mean they regularly, habitually wake up, like yeah, always mm -hmm. nasty. Yeah, nasty. And, yeah. and I used to when I was young. Yeah, that's a personality thing that has nothing to do with dreams. But if it's every once in a while that that happens, it could be a dream that disturbs them or messes them up. It could be through their lifestyle. If they have a very stressful job or a stressful life. Their dreams are going to be stressful. Mm -hmm. And so they wake up not feeling like they had a good night's sleep and just cranky. Right. right. Yeah. Actually, that, that, that happens to me a lot. I've got a lot of stress in my life, more stress than most than 10 people. And uh, so th that does happen to me. And uh, your sleep thing, that two sleep periods a day, that's rough. Yeah, it is rough. Uh, it's It's different. I'm now used to it, of course, but... I realize that it's rough and different and probably not very good for me. All right, listen, ladies. Uh, the Dreamzone uh, dot com is your website, right? Yes, come see us. Like you run it all together, the Dreamzone. We've got all a, one word. We've got a link on our site for you right now. Oh, how nice! Uh, so, What's your website, Art? Oh, it's really complicated. www.artbell.com. Oh, okay. <laughs> all right. So we are linked with you. We will send people, and I want to thank you both for being here. And we thank you for having us. This All was right. fun. All right. We'll talk about dreaming of a place. Uh, good night, ladies. Good night. I'm Art Bell from the High Desert. Night all. Night all.